What's up, viewers and listeners? My name is Jay. I'm a registered nutritionist based here in Bristol, working with BJJ enthusiasts across the globe, helping jujitsu practitioners perform to their best ability on the mat whilst making sure they are not doing anything stupid with their weight cuts. On today's episode, we had Lindsay Doyle, aka the female fight nutritionist. Lindsay is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, a kickboxing champion who has helped fighters in the UFC, IBJJF events, multiple boxing federations, and probably a few others which we didn't get to cover. Lindsay is a leading pioneer in the female anatomy for nutrition and weight cutting and is pushing the boundaries to help her clientele. I'll be honest and say this podcast could have gone for longer, so don't be surprised to see a part two in Ireland in the future. In this podcast, we talked about weight cuts for young athletes, limiting research, different approachings to helping athletes, exercise and hormones, and a nutritionist biggest fear, and much, much more. Thank you for tuning in, and of course, if you're not subscribed, please click that button and turn on post notifications for further content updates. Thank you for watching and listening. Let's get into Episode 18, Oosh. <laughs> right, guys, welcome to episode 17. My name is Jay. I'm the host of the BJJ Nutrition Podcast uh, and also on the BJJ Nutrition Consultancy where we help all jiu-jitsu athletes perform their best on the mats whilst not doing anything silly with their weight cuts. Uh, today, I am joined all the way over from good old Ireland, <laughs> Do you want to yourself quickly? Yeah. Wait, Lindsay? <laughs> Lindsay, there we go. Lindsay, uh, and thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. You also want your friend here, Amanda. 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 Um, and we're here to talk everything about nutrition, obviously, enough being a podcast. Um, and I think, obviously, it's going to be good to. Oh, apparently. Talk directly into it. It's too fucking loud. Is this too loud still? Yes, that's too loud. <laughs> <laughs> podcast. <laughs> can't resist it uh we're here to talk all about like i said just experiences within that and then how we want to try and improve and level up this nutrition game i've been wanting to get you on the <laughs> if you sit there that's fine all right i'll lean back yeah yeah lean back smoke some crack um <laughs> sorry just stuff comes out my mouth sometimes yeah it's all good um been wanting to get you on the podcast for quite some time generally because obviously we've spoken a few bit, bits on instagram and yeah. stuff like that and I think, as we joked earlier, however much I explained some of the female anatomy to some of the viewers and listeners, they kind of look at me, you're a man, you can't be talking about this. And I'm like, well, yeah, I appreciate I've never had a period in my life, but at the same time, <laughs> right, there's elements to the textbook which I can try and relate as best as I can, yeah. Um, and I think to a lot of the viewers and listeners, obviously, they may not be aware that when we go into nutritional dietetics, you can actually then start to specialise in certain areas. And so appreciate I don't want to label you as the, the period woman and everything no. about the menstrual cycle, <laughs> yes. but it's, uh, it puts into perspective that you're going to have a, bit, a lot more awareness than I do, for example, obviously, when yeah. it comes to that. But anyway, thanks for coming on, Lindsay, well, thanks and thanks for coming, obviously, uh, coming on, Amanda, really appreciate it. Um, do you want to go over your sort of background and lineage so far, yeah. where this all came from? Or? Um, okay, so where do we start? So I, from the martial arts perspective, I've been doing martial arts since I was 15, I started kickboxing, um, and... Yeah, I'd done that all through school, and then I was kind of doing the school thing, doing that. I was good at taking exams, so then I went on to study law, but it was always sporty, and then kind of completed my law degree, all the while competing in kickboxing around the world, making weight for years and years, and then was like in my office job being like, actually, this isn't me, I'm not into it. Didn't hate it, but didn't love it, so then uh, trained as an S&C coach. But while all of this was going on, I was self-experimenting on myself for weight, making weight, like making weight every other weekend for kickboxing uh, comps. Um, so I was researching that. So I kind of was building my own nutrition knowledge, but I went with the lifting route. And then 
I decided actually it's the nutrition is where it is and the nutrition for fighters specifically and then obviously for females specifically because I had I've had a million way cuts like some awful 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 ones and some really really good ones yeah. um so yeah I've been like martial arts since I started kickboxing I don't kickbox and I competed in boxing I competed in jiu-jitsu I competed in MMA so I just just love martial arts um I call BJJ now my retirement martial art because I, <laughs> I have two kids and I yeah. can't train as often as I'd like to for people to be kicking me in the face. So I'm just like, yeah. I can show up to jiu-jitsu having not been for a couple of weeks and not get hurt, you know? <laughs> so jiu-jitsu is my retirement martial art. Yeah. Love it, but love um, it. from the, I guess, education side, I have a master's in nutrition from the University of Chester. Um, and yeah, my passion is female, female athletes, female athletes getting what's theirs. So I like to educate them on performing really well, you know, which is making way. No, that's cool. Yeah. Go on, Amanda, we'll ask you then, what's your lineage, what's your background then, so you're competitors, <laughs> right. Um, so I'm born in Switzerland. Uh, I started boxing at about 16. Um, then I continued for about four to six years, I think. Moved to Jerusalem for my studies. Um, and then there I discovered jiu-jitsu. Um, discovered as well, like you, that I could fight without being punched in the face. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, continued, moved to London, continued there, met the love of my life, and then moved to Dublin. And that's where I've been for the past... I met the second years. love of her life. That's <laughs> 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 so enough. That's cool. And uh, obviously you've competed a few times as well, haven't you? Um, any particular memorable, memorable moments or matches? or? Um, I mean, this year was pretty special. Uh, I won pants, um, and that was just amazing. And it was amazing as well because when I won, I was like, oh, that's it, you know? Like, it was a bit underwhelming, but yeah. I was just happy not about the win, but of all my prog progress, basically. And that's a, a moment I'll always remember. And nobody was there, just Sean and myself, my partner. Um, and yeah, it was just really special for that, for, yeah. That's cool. It's interesting you touch on that and kind of being like a moment where you got it and a bit underwhelmed, as you said, because we can wrap our heads in things where it's like, oh my God, I'm going to achieve this status, yeah. I'm going to do this. So again, it's sort of a big thing for us is when we sponsored Grapple Fest all of a sudden, it's like, oh my God, we're sponsoring a show yeah. together. It's like, cool, well, this doesn't really come with anything. It's nowhere <laughs> different in comparison to pants, don't get me wrong, but yeah, yeah, you no, get you're it, right. you know yeah, I mean? yeah, like, absolutely. And it'll be like the first time that you got maybe a fighter on your books, and then like, yeah. I don't know, they were boxing or matchroom or something like this, or, yeah. or something the equivalent of, and you get it, it's like, oh my God, it's amazing, I'm here. And you're just like, okay, cool, there's not really anything else that comes with this right now, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's all built up in your head type thing. I always say like, people just, do you curse on your pod? <laughs> so people don't give a shit. Like, no. you know, oh, if you win yeah, something on Sunday, by Monday, nobody cares. No one cares. Yeah. I was, like, when I started Jitsu, actually, cause, because I was so competitive in kickboxing, I learn under pressure. So mm. I signed up for a competition and Dara was like, you've been training six weeks. <laughs> He's like, I just, and I was like, yeah, no. He was like, I, I just don't want, uh, you know, he was basically like, you're going to lose. So are you going to stop training Jitsu then? And I was like, no, the opposite, Dara. And he's like, okay, I don't want you. And I was like, no, I, look, I've lost as many fights as I've won. I'm not here for my ego. I'm here to get better at a martial art. And he was yeah. like, oh, okay, I just don't want to lose you because you're definitely going to lose at the weekend. I was like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I actually won my first fight. Hey. <laughs> but then I got put asleep in my second fight. Oh, <laughs> I was in a bow and arrow choke and I just didn't even know what it was. And I was just like, I think I'm okay here. And then I was like talking to the ref. <laughs> I've had, a, I've had a few funny stories, so again, similar to you, my first jiu-jitsu competition, um, I got gassed up by my teammates. Yeah. Obviously, being a bigger guy, it was like, oh yeah, you'd be fine, I'm going to smash all these people, yeah. this is no problem, <laughs> right? And I was like, 
yeah, I did a bit of crossing beforehand. So I was like, oh, I've got the athletics. I'm not going to be it's just a big fat fuck type thing. It's just there, like being nice and slow. And uh, yeah, obviously I watched back at the footage. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what was I doing? Um, first match got DQ'd. Oh, um, no. Where I got put in a triangle and I came from an MMA club. And so the idea was like, yeah, put in a triangle, just pick him up and slam him on the floor. Yeah, It'll be of fine. course. Yeah. And no word of a lie, being in the triangle, it really, and it wasn't even a massive slam. Obviously, the way I describe it is like, oh, he's like basically power bombed him on the floor type thing. <laughs> I picked him up like probably that far off the floor and then like tilted him to the side and like, yeah. let him down. And the ref's like, DQ. But as I'm doing it, I can remember in, like, in my corner saying, Posture up, posture up. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then he's like, no, put him back down. <laughs> like in slow motion, I put him back down. Like, what did you say? And like, ref's like, DQ. And I'm like, oh, oh what yeah. happened there? Um, I was DQ'd in a white belt comfort, like, like you watching the UFC <laughs> and then entering Jiu-Jitsu. So I was like, it's a white belt. And I went for a knee bar and like the girl rolled. So we were rolling. And then the ref like stood us up and I was like, oh fuck, I didn't feel her tap, she must have tapped. <laughs> and like, the ref just looks at me and is like this. And Austin, my husband's in the corner, just like, for fuck's like, And even now, like when I got my purple belt, he was like, it's like, it's a real achievement. But he's like, I'm, st I'm still pretty sure you don't know the fucking rules. Like, like, you can swear as much you want, it's fine. It's no problem at all. That's um, weird, all three of us in a white belt competition got DQ'd for slamming. I did as well. <laughs> Because I, I, I got caught in an armbar and I was like, I'm not going to tap to this. So I just squatted him up. And I had him on my knees and the referee was like, don't slam him, mate. And I was like, I don't know I could do that. So I put him slowly on the floor. Uh, and as I put him on the floor, Pedro was like, hide your arm. And I was like, okay. Hit my arm that was free. <laughs> and then was like, this is weird. Why, why am I hiding my arm? And he sat on the opposite corner to me and I was like, oh shit. And when I realised I was trying to and I was like, okay. Oh no. Now Pedro, I don't, do you know who Pedro Vesa is by chance? No. Or, no, he's like Brazilian, basically dominated the Southwest for Jiu Jitsu and okay. like that. But I imagine obviously him just hiding over. his arm, he would just look to him like, no. He's got, he's got a club over in Ireland as well. Oh, he is actually. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Sorry, I'm, I'm not part of the club after I got no, figured out. No, but yeah, it's yeah. another story for another day. Um, but yeah, obviously, all funny stories at White Belt stuff like that is always the case. You don't have White Belt story, you're not doing it right, really. No, exactly. <laughs> I, again, I had, a, I had a, a spat where I was determined to get gold for some time and I would go to competitions and I'd always get second and I'd oh always no. go I'd be put, put to sleep every single time <laughs> because I'm quite stubborn yeah. and in my head even though the logic's not there in the slightest bit I'm like oh it's fine like it's just a bow and arrow I'll just make sure my hands here to stop that from yeah. that I can breathe it's no problem and then next thing you know I'm being woken up by the ref and it's like yeah you, you, you went out and I'm like oh I didn't think I was winning from here buddy to be honest so yeah. um, it's, a, it's, it's a fine thing and then yeah obviously some people, some people say you do as a blood choke so it makes a difference if you can breathe or not and I'm like ah yeah, go out um, on your sword it's the way yeah, to do basically. it <laughs> and then uh, yeah nap before tap I think someone said to me I think it was <laughs> Love um, that. and then yeah typically every time the person got gold they would be given a blue belt on the podium I'm like you bastard you've done it again like I've lost a blue belt really not a white belt yeah. Um, but yeah those are always sort of white, white belt stories and stuff yeah. like that um, but sorry tangents with this so <laughs> masters obviously in nutrition so yeah. you did a law degree as well which I was not aware of yeah. so when did the obviously the kickboxing was happening but was there kind of like a pinnacle moment where you're like, there, law degree, I'm not, this isn't for me type thing, is it? Yeah, I enjoyed studying, to be honest, because I enjoy studying. I like doing stuff. And the education system is set up for the way my brain works, which is I could, I could learn a book tonight, pass an exam on it tomorrow, but in two weeks know nothing about it. You know, I'm very good at retaining information for a short time and regurgitating it. So I kind of, I've 
went through my law degree, barely going to any lectures because I was always training for kickboxing. I always had a world championship, so Europeans coming up. I would just go to some lectures, make some notes, but then I would just cram the night before. And then I, so, so I was kind of going through life on autopilot, I guess, because my whole life was set up around when I could train kickboxing and when mm. my next fight was. So I had a, like a nine to five. I was doing my apprenticeship as a solicitor, but I could train in the morning and then I could train in the evening. So that was fine, nine to five, easy peasy. And then like I qualified, I kept just doing exams and just going forward, forward, forward. And then um, I was just in an office one time, just been like, I'm not into this. And actually what happened was I stopped competing in kickboxing because um, I had achieved everything I could. And I, I was finding it harder to get fights in Ireland. And that's why I, then I started boxing so I could stay busy in the ring because then I was going to world championships, having had maybe two fights and I'd be competing against girls I had fought 10 times that year. Mm. So I started taking boxing. I, once I entered a taekwondo competition, I literally was eating feet for the day, but I just needed to be busy with, with you know, they were just <laughs> kicking the face off me. Um, but I just needed to be busy <laughs> so I could, like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I could have made money <laughs> off of that. Yeah. So it, it would have been there, like, what does the female, nutri female fight nutritionist suggest to do? I eat feet all day. Yeah. That's the government's clickbait. But yeah, I guess when I stopped competing kickboxing and revolving my life around that, I started being a bit present in other things in my life and mm. I was like do you know what I'm actually not into this and I was also in like a long-term relationship that was also just grand and then when I stopped competing I was able to just be like when I stopped cutting weight start eating food I was like I don't like this job this isn't the right relationship um so I kind of changed everything but at that time I was doing uh, strength and conditioning I ran a kickboxing gym and next door there was an SNC gym and the owner of that had approached me because he was doing his master's and he needed to work with a high level athlete. Sure. So he was like, can I do your SNC for 12 weeks? And I was like, absolutely. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I struck up a great relationship with him and he was like, do you know, you'd be, you'd make a really good coach. And I was like, and I had been teaching kickboxing for years mm. and I was like, do you know what? I actually love this shit. You're right. You know? And then, and he actually, although was a personal trainer running the gym, had a functional medicine background. So he had a great nutrition knowledge and he helped me then started get my weight cuts right and then he pointed me in the direction of where to study like actual literature instead of me looking online at American wrestler stuff that's so bad yes I did have a, a choice what was it weight cut a couple of weeks ago to which the athlete said should we be water loading like this I found this link to which the link was wiki how on how to water oh cut. no and no, I was just no, like, oh, no water load and I was like three years of my degree it's just take it's like that meme you see with the guys like with the fag outside yeah. like, on there going like oh would you love me if I stood on lamp type thing and you say like right he's trying to he's trying to compare me to wiki how right now all right just keep calm it's fine no it's not that link no. that's incorrect don't worry just keep doing what you're doing yeah um but sorry yeah carry yeah. on <laughs> so that was it that was all a big changing point there and I just um so then I started taking PT clients and I was still working in the office and then I kind of went part-time in the office and took on more clients and then I stopped working in the office and then I opened up my own gym with my husband and my kickboxing training partner Damien and just then started nutrition study on top. I had done like um, uh, like um, sports performance certificates like you know post-dip yeah. stuff like eight-week courses and stuff like that. But I was like, and then, you know, you have the large imposter syndrome. I was like, my degree isn't even in sports. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to do a master's. And, but like, it's, it was great because I'm a firm believer of there's nothing wasted in life. And the fact that I had a law degree got me into the master's because mm -hmm. that was the level they needed. And they were like, yeah, come on in with your law degree. No problem. Even though it was entirely not relevant. That's interesting. Um, and then even like I, it was law with commerce that I'd done. So even for like running the business leases accounts i have all that so nice. like it's all it's all 
been really great, you know. Um, so yeah, then I went to the nutrition and like I said, I'm, I've always been it kind of organically, I was on the Irish kickboxing team for years and then my female teammates would know that I was researching, making mm. weight and stuff and they, they would be all starving themselves and they'd see me do, doing like obscure things like water load and, or I'd be like just one in the bath and they'd be like, what is going on? What is she doing? And, uh, so they'd start what asking me, can you... What is going on? She's eating all this food. Yeah, yeah. They'd be like <laughs> drooling at the rice and I'd be like, and I'll have some rice. And they're like, what is going on? She's having carbohydrates. She's like, having uh, baths. Uh, yeah. um, so they all start asking me to help them and then that's kind of how it went about. And then, uh, yeah, I researched it and stuff. And then I'd done my thesis in my master's on uh, BJJ athletes making weight around their menstrual cycle and whether it affects... Cool where the competition falls. And specifically because, you know, in jiu-jitsu, you, you weigh in and step on the mat, so mm. there's no room for manipulating your body mass, you know? Um, so that really interests me. And basically what I found is there's no bloody studies. <laughs> well, there's my study. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was about to say, obviously, please send that to me after I have a great read of that type yeah. of thing. That would be really, really cool. But you're very much right. I think the issue, especially when it comes to weight manipulation, is trying to get volunteers to do it, yes, right? Yes, yes. No one's going to be like, oh, God, you do a weight cut. Yeah. This is fine, no problem. Like, I think... Uh, one obviously shout out to Jordan Southern, the fight dietitian with the UFC and yes, stuff. Like of course. the fact he got Dan Hooker just to do a trial weight cut for I think it was the one forty five division. Yeah. I was like, ha! Like there's no one in his mind who's like, oh yeah, I'll just try. I'll put my body through that. I'll yeah. just put my body through it with no fight in mind either. Yeah, uh, just like Maybe. fair enough. You've got a cracking relationship there, type of things. <laughs> yeah. Do it in the first place, but you're very much right in terms of studies. It's very awkward, especially when. When you have interactions with people who challenge sort of nutritional questions, right? Yeah. Certain topics, there's boatloads of information yeah. on, right? You get down more combat sports and nutrition and yeah. how to manipulate weight and stuff like this. You end up finding that you've been, you, you're getting very limited with the studies yeah. and to the point where, I don't know, you then get, let's say, I don't know, big, bigger studies where it's like, I don't know, you get... a a study done which is funded by the meat industry, for example. Yeah. So I had a bit of an Instagram spat with someone the other day, which is always joyous because I'm like, oh, I'll keep playing this game because they were going, we all need to eat fully plant-based, for example. Oh, and I said, right, okay, there's pros and cons to it. I agree the fact that we need more plant-based foods in our diet. Everyone doesn't eat enough fruit and veg. I get yeah. that completely. It's not a problem. Yeah, but all your studies are funded by the meat industry. And I'm like, okay, cool, let's play this game then. Okay, mm -hmm. so what are we going to do about the uh, B12 that needs to be uh, pushed into these foods that you're eating because you're deficient in them? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah but that's not processed. I'm like, it technically is because it needs to be fortified. Oh, yeah, but it's, it's, it's in the grass and it's in everything. I'm like, you just change shit, right? To the point where he started swearing at me and I'm like, right, well, I'm just going to block you now because you can't have a debate and be open about this, right? Yeah. But the point being is that I've got a lot of studies to back it up and the yeah. problem is that you get a question on, let's say, weight cutting behavior procedures. Yeah. Like, I've got two studies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one's got like 10 people, the other one's got like 15. Yeah. And it's not even for jujitsu, it's for wrestlers. And yeah. you're like, okay. And, and then it, for me, there might have been one woman in the study. Yeah, it might have been one woman in the study. <laughs> and then it's like, it also came up as a need more research type thing. Yeah. And you're just like, <laughs> you can, that imposter syndrome can kick in pretty yeah. quickly because you're so heavily reliant on these studies to kind of say, right, yeah. let's do that. But, um, out of interest and with the, your own yeah. thesis, did you get many participants for I it? I did, or? actually. It was amazing. And that's the thing I find with female, and it's what's been evident on my Instagram since I really started in January this year, kind of being present online, is women really support women, and they really yeah. want... They all are begging for this research to exist. They want it. They want the help. So I put out... I needed, I think, for my... Um, 
oh God, I, I have such PTSD for my master's thesis, but <laughs> <Don't worry>. <laughs> <laughs> for the <laughs> margins to be believable, like what do you call it? It begins with a C. Anyway, I needed uh, 280 and I had 485 people fill oh it in. Like uh, my supervisor was like, oh, we're going to get this published. And she, we've now split it into two separate uh, studies for, and there, it's been edited for publication at the minute. Cause she was, cause you know, lecturers have to get a certain amount of publications to stay yeah. relevant. So she was just like, yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and she changed from my supervisor role to, okay, Lindsay, well, I'll edit that and get back to you. And I was like, you do edit that. <laughs> yeah, you do that. But um, yeah, so it was amazing. I had so many uh, people fill it. And so many people being like, I've completed your survey, please send me the results so, of this study, yeah. you know, just begging for it. But so what I had to do is, so I was looking at the men's like, so there's no, there's very little studies on combat athletes making weight. Now, mm. since the 2018, it started, you have a few people like, you know, you have your Jordan Sullivan and then you have, there's guys called Slater and stuff in Australia, a great team there. And then you have John Connors in Ireland in the ISI. So he's doing some good stuff as well. Um, but they're all still just looking at men, mostly MMA. Mm. Um, but there's nothing on, say, female fighters, full stop, female fighters making weight, and then female fighters making weight and their menstrual cycle. So I had to look at basically all the elements of the menstrual cycle. So I was like, okay, so what's menstrual cycle complaints people have? Water retention, fluid retention. So I looked at all studies on fluid retention, not relevant to weight, making weight, but I just looked at them to see what yeah. I could pull from. I looked at all studies on appetite changes in your menstrual cycle. I looked at studies on energy in your menstrual cycle. I looked at studies in psychology in your menstrual cycle. And then I had to look through all of them with a hormonal contraceptive in mind. And then I had to look at all the... What type of hormonal contraceptive? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then I had to go and pull all of the combat sports studies that we have yeah. and try and correlate. Okay, well, this is done on 10, like 10 men in the UK at a jiu-jitsu comp. This was done in the 1960s with wrestlers that were mental. This was done on this, blah, blah, blah. And try and just make it all make sense yeah. together. Um, so I had like the literature review element of it. And then I had the research from like, I'm like, I had 485 people, women, complete this survey. And this is what I found, basically. No, that's really, really cool. Like I said, hat off to you, mate, purely for the fact that you've gone to that extent to it. Yeah. I think it's hard to say enough as it is, as the sport's growing, there is obviously a discrepancy of the amount of like people getting involved with it. Mm. Um, uh, obviously, at our ages at the moment and stuff, it's good to help. See, with some of the local competitions, I think it was the last Bristol Open, there was 53% boys and 47% girls and juniors. And Amazing. so it's like, okay we just need to keep nurturing that so that mm -hmm. then this is the thing that you've got that pool there but as time goes on we need to keep it going 100%. because we can't deny the fact that it's not as if there's hundreds of thousands of female athletes who just aren't willing to compete type thing yeah it's the fact that there is a that imbalance and if we look yeah. at the sports that we're talking about there's obviously barriers to try and encourage women to get into these type of sports and that yeah take both our wives for example i don't want my hair being pulled in jiu-jitsu so i'm not going to do it and i'm like trust me no one's there going i'm going to grab your hair like a lapel like it's, it's yeah. the last thing ever yeah. like however i will put in Having someone slide their hand through your beard. <laughs> oh, chin straps and beards do not go well together. Like, honestly, I think oh, this was a lot longer, like a couple of weeks back, I think it was. And then we were doing chin strap drills. Yeah. And 
feel a couple, and then all of a sudden it would just be like you're wedging the fingers, and I'm like, oh, this is, oh what's going on <laughs> here? Like, it's, it's the Ezekiel, especially in gear, like that. Just rubbing, and you're like cashing. Then likewise, I like the idea of shoving my like beard in their faces. <laughs> I think body, so. can you imagine the beard rash they had when yeah. trying to grab? <laughs> Uh, exactly. But to touch on what you said there, one of the scary things that came out of my research was that the younger someone starts to compete, the more likely they are to engage in extreme weight cutting measures. Oh, so if me. we have teenage girls coming in, starting to compete, and you see it in judo a lot, because judo is a kind of, a, it's a very well-funded sport and they get girls into it young. And then when they generally come to jiu-jitsu, when they become eight later, and mm. um, they basically when they see that maybe the Olympics isn't an option, they all usually transfer, but they come in with such disordered eating patterns, disordered body image, disordered the relationship with food. And yeah. um, so it's just, that was one thing that I was like, okay, we need to get in these kids. And then of course, these teenage girls are also at the start of their menstrual cycle mm. starting, which, so their period isn't even regular yet. And they have all this influx of hormones and they're making weight. And then, like, cause I know I won my first kickboxing um, nationals at 15 and I started competing. And when I was competing, there was no uh, junior. So I was just straight into the adult world. Um, and then I had some success, so I got seeded. So then at like 22, I'm still trying to make the weight I was when I was 15 and I've started lifting and I've, you know, and yeah. so I can see the trap. I can so like to support them around it and have the knowledge around it and just even remove the stigma whereby like move up the bloody weight class. I mean, you've grown, yeah, move up because- We've, we've talked about it so yeah, many times. It's like, <laughs> again, I was super sad. I think it was one Friday evening after I finished work, my last phone call and I was like, ah. Oh. Don't know what came into my mind. Let's go down through the last competition on Smooth Con. Let's grab all the average weights, obviously, of the white belts, because it registers, obviously, the weight they weighed in at, yeah. minus the ultras. I was like, minus to an average of how much they all underweigh by. I was like, oh, 1.7 kg. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I'm like, just back to myself, like, why did you just do that? Like, that's really <laughs> fucking weird. But at the same time, I was like, if everyone on average is being 1.7 kg under, mm -hmm. right, you then eat up a little bit. And we turned about, are you going to be fussed about two pound difference or like a kilo difference? No, you don't give a monkey. No. It's like, it's better. You're just there like, all right, cool. We've talked about this in the last podcast with Ricky Bell. Like, it's the, it's the fact that you, you're in an open mat scenario. Exactly. I'll go and grab anyone. Like, I don't yeah. care. And it's yeah. like, it's better. And don't get me wrong. I think we're all aware there's going to be a disparity between, I don't know, the 55 kg guy against the ultra heavy. Yes, course, there's going to be an element yeah. of difference to it. Like you could even say to the point, you got a blue belt, competitive blue belt, ultra heavy against a black belt who's like 55 kilograms. Yeah, yeah. You're potentially going to see the black belt tap, right? Not yeah. because of like issues with skill or anything like that. It's just a too big a person to yeah. sort of handle, right? Um, but you're very much right in the sense that as this sport, sport is growing, we've got to try and nip things in the bud sooner rather than Absolutely. later because. The other thing I, I don't think is being talked about as much because of again talking from a very alpha world of what it is and being martial arts and everything mm. like being all nice and hard and stuff is the relationship with food in general. Oh. And the thing is, you look at other sports, and so I'd say jujitsu is kind of in its infancy in the world of social media at the moment. Yeah. Right? In comparison to other sports that have been at the prominent of it, like bodybuilding, fitness yes. influencers, that type of thing, mm -hmm. right? Where that's gone full spectrum. It's gone from yeah. bro science, chicken, rocky rice, work hard, train hard, to then go, oh no, well, let's do something a bit different. Females yes. then come into the mix with different things. Yeah. Now they're having problems. Females talking about their menstrual cycles a little bit more. Then it's kind of going, okay, well, what about what these bodybuilders doing after they've competed? Then, oh, their relationship with food's fucked now all of a sudden. Yeah. And they're like, I've got these eating disorders. So I know obviously you did, um, 
were you with Sky the other week? I think it was, or no? She's um, I think her name's Sky Elizabeth. Yeah, I know. I follow her. Yeah, she's yeah. Great. She's gone yeah. through everything, which is yeah. really cool. She can be the bodybuilding and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she does CrossFit and stuff like that. So shout yeah. out to Sky quickly. Um, she's gone and seen everything. I'm like, cool. But it's another person. I'm like, great. Totally. Can, yeah, and she's amazing. And she really focuses on the relationship and the feeling and intuitive eating. You yeah. know, um, which is. It's what I often remind people is they're, they base their, say, jiu-jitsu nutrition on the fitness industry, but the fitness industry is based on the bodybuilding industry, yeah, and exactly. it's, it's not a performance. Like, don't get me wrong, I lived with a bodybuilder for years. I love the bones of him. i seen what he went through. I'd be cutting for fights, he'd be cutting for stage, and it's a discipline in itself, yep. but they have to stand on stage and flex their muscles. They're not having five and six jiu-jitsu matches, so please stop like remember that the fitness industry is based off bodybuilding yep. it's not performance nutrition mm, exactly but that's it? what i love actually about Lindsay is that she's not just there for the athletes she's there for their friends for the partners for the coaches she's educating everyone she's doing seminars um, in gyms educating the coaches male coaches because this is super important as well most mm. of the coaches are male and they need to know yeah. all yeah. of this you know yeah. like yeah it's, yeah. it's interesting because, again, we, we, we pile up this quite soon with the podcast that we've done, is that you will know this when else you're running a gym, yeah. right? You are not just the S&C or the nutritionist. Oh, God, no. You are HR. <laughs> you are, I don't know, the, politi- the politics. The accountant. Uh, the accountant. You're everything else around this. And unless you've got that experience prior to it, the mm. expectation is of being sort of like head of the, the gym is that you should know everything, right? Yeah. Dermatologist for any skin infection or anything yeah. like that. It's, 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 it's mad to say the least. And because again, as we know, jujitsu is not well-funded and stuff like that, it depends mm. on the school and what affiliation you have and what obviously is going to be there, is they have no support for it in the slightest bit, right? No. And as of anything, we get sucked into the world of jujitsu because it's a great sport, we all love it. But the black belt at the top of it, all of a sudden, or the professor, or who, what belt it may be, is viewed as they know everything. Yeah, they're the accidental businessman mostly. They, yeah. they're just they have the highest belt in the gym. They start running the gym, and then, and now especially like you said, you have teen classes, kids classes, and they've all these girls coming in. Like, I remember when I started boxing, um, it was in like a rural gym in Wexford in Ireland, and. They, they hadn't had a girl there before and I came in like obviously very very experienced in kickboxing I've got his image of like Pirates of the Caribbean I'm like, oh, yeah, like, oh, they can't be doing this right now <laughs> but they were so open to me and lovely and I still love oh, the bones great. of them all but there was three coaches and they were like men in their 60s that had just been a part they're a huge part of the community boxing clubs in Ireland but they, it was just so cute because they'd be like getting us warming up and they'd be like alright lads let's go and then they'd be like Sorry, Lindsay. All right, lads and girls. And I was like, guys, I don't mind being referred to as lads in a group. Like, it's okay. You know? I suddenly get paranoid when I say, guys, hey, guys, how you all doing type thing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't want to be like, this is just a male audience type thing. Yeah, it's no. just like, I don't think it's 50% of our audience. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bush. No, I said like, I, I have, with our girl WhatsApp group, I'd be like, lads, you'll never guess what. Like in Ireland, <laughs> in Ireland, lads means like, everywhere. hello, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah but then you're expecting like again to come back to the the mental cycle element of you're expecting this male coach to first of all like if this is a man in his 30s to be approaching a 15 year old girl asking her about her periods is a bit hairy you know and then but i i run polls on my thing all the time because like i believe it's in the the hands of the girls to be more open about it and Mm. there's a lot of girls that like in my polls they'd be saying um they'd like more menstrual cycle education they'd like their instructor their gym to be more open about the mental cycle and then, they, but they'll also tell me they still will hide their tampon if they're going to the toilet. They, they won't just carry it. And I'm just like, you know, 
you, you need to be open. It needs to not be seen as an injury or a weakness. And there's this thing as well as people don't want, like in definitely in boxing and MMA, I don't know about jiu-jitsu, but they don't want their opponents to know they have their period because it's like as if they have put a strap on their knee and stuff. So it's, it just all just needs to be openly spoken about. There's, so, there's just women in the space now. It is what it is. And 50% of the people competing are women and they once a month will have a period, hopefully, if they yeah. haven't fucked it with their nutrition and yeah. it's gone missing. Yeah. But with, again, like um, I, as you said there, it's one of these things which I can imagine obviously a lot from these instructors who may be in their 50s and 60s, yeah. not saying it's for everyone, who can barely have that conversation with their own daughter. 100% or their wife with, even. But you know, yeah, actually. and then so obviously, it's a good old joke, isn't it? Obviously a picture of, hey babe, do you want lemon and lime today or is it orange type thing? And so it's like, I don't want to say like that. Um, sorry, I get so stuff. I don't even know Yeah, yeah. But it's the same thing, is that it needs to be openly talked about and it's basically, it's normal. Yeah, right? exactly. It's yeah. the same thing of like, I don't know, muscle soreness the next day after the gym. It's, it's just normal. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be viewed like that. And I think the problem being is that I think potentially with some of the older instructors who I'm going to just call it old school view yes. right, is if they do submit to some degree that they don't know something yes their the stock ego. goes down all yeah. of a sudden like oh you don't know about this and it's like, oh no we don't, we don't talk about that type of thing yeah, and it's yeah like, that's personal actually I'd rather view you kind of be a bit like accepting of this mm -hmm. and I, I think obviously we probably both agree on this if you get come across someone who says I know absolutely everything on yes. that subject like okay. massive red flag like, 100% should never be the case like, yeah. I, I always use the same argument every time is that when the keto diet came around right mm. none of us knew it was going to help with epileptic children and patients right to help yes. reduce their seizures and stuff yeah. like this but since then right we've obviously found the dieting structure okay suits some people is it for sports yeah. performance probably not at all how was the epilepsy type of thing and when new diets come around I can't just be dismissive of it until we have some data to the yeah get yeah, it and yeah. so it's like carnival diet's quite popular at the moment type yes. of thing and it's like I can't dismiss it if I look at the basics of it right there's no carbohydrates in there or very minimal to say the least right yeah I don't see it as sports performance in the slightest yes. bit type thing and so however if it does come out and we find a new process that I don't know it's it supersedes the keto process of gluconeogenesis and like yeah. all of a sudden the carnival is more superior than that I might go okay well this is interesting let's, look what, at let's it. have a look yeah. at it and so again you've got to be accepting of it and I think this is where like I said the instructors just need that much more support that much more mm. guidance but also they have to be willing to accept that support yeah. as well and then which, there's a bigger picture element people lose like I have one of my best friends is a nutritional therapist and she's it's very very much therapeutic nutrition for like chronic illness and stuff mm -hmm. and her and i often butt heads on a few things but it's like because it, performance nutrition and let's say longevity nutrition maybe sometimes don't match mm -hmm. but also you can very much like you know it's the same with supplements someone is like i'm going to take this one enzyme and it's going to solve all my problems and they're not looking at all of the other issues going on in yeah. their body and yeah. it's the same way with like carnivore of course it helps with like inflammation and stuff like that but are you going to be able to explode are your muscles going to be working probably exactly. not um you so know it's interesting you said on that so we have one guy who again rich won't mind me saying this the slightest bit he's about 95 to 100 kilograms very lean goes to the gym muscular guy type thing uh didn't want to do bodybuilding didn't think enough enough to it but could step on stage pretty comfortably to right be fair. okay yeah black belt in jiu-jitsu loves the gi <laughs> it's very sensitive all right sorry sorry guys um Loves the gate, he's probably in the carnival diet because he keeps on getting issues with his knees and a few other medical yeah. issues, right? Mm -hmm. 
he is still on a carnival diet. Feels like he's had better results with his knees. Oh. Um, he's obviously lost weight, and I and I, haven't, I don't think I've actually had a chance to say the same. So, so Rich, if you're listening, listen up clearly. <laughs> um, his weight's dropped by six to seven pounds, and it then dawned on me the other day. I was like, that's if that's six to seven pounds is off your mass. When you look at the pressure of knees, one pound of mass reduction is four pounds of pressure off your knees and eight pounds of pressure off your hips. Yeah. So has the information reduced because of the carnival diet or has your overall mass reduced the pressure off your hips and knees all of a sudden because you've now taken that pressure off now i've got no way of clarifying that right yeah no one's gonna be able to do blood work and that type of stuff to to figure that out type thing and if the accuracy of that like information is going to come up or Mm. not it's another thing so it's then saying okay well where's that benefit come from but yeah and it's a chicken and egg situation and you're stuck with it but with things like carnivore or keto I find sometimes they're a good elimination diet to get someone just to clean up their stuff for yep. a few weeks, but then, of course, then reintroduce something like some mm. carbohydrates around training, and then it'll be like rocket fuel, and then they're like, "Oh shit, I do," and then you're kind of you have them back in, you know, yeah. and then obviously your microbiome needs different coloured mm-hmm. foods and stuff, so it's um, it's a yeah, it's a big area and it's a trial and error, but I think the power always comes in with the person knowing their own data, knowing their own body and being honest with themselves as well. Like I feel like a lot of people come and they want some big complex protocol. And I'm like, actually, if you hit the right level of calories, timed your carbohydrates right, add enough fat to nurture your hormones. Get some fiber in there probably. <laughs> went to bed, yeah. got off TikTok and went to sleep and drank enough water, you're probably gonna be in the right, right way class without anything. But and until you're trying that, in my view, you don't deserve a very complex hour-by-hour no. hour nutrition I'm program. I'm sure you get this. I'm sure with inquiries, again, I say this to a lot of people, right? Don't come to me for hill hook nutrition. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We are not going to be touching anything like that until I see you responding to you passing the guard. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah, best yeah, way yeah. I the basics, it, yeah, right? yeah. If you can't adhere to the basics, yeah, the basics are your foundations with this, and mm-hmm. people think they have them nailed, right? I'm sure you've come across individuals where you even have a perception of like, wow, top athlete, you probably have everything pristine. And you give them some basics to do, and they can barely do it for three days. And you're like, hold on a second. Like, and I think the scientific mind probably kicks in and goes like, how far could we push this type of thing? How much more potential can we get out of them? But you then just see their adherence is just horrific all of a sudden. You just think, okay, and to some degree that's when... Even though I, I too butt heads with nutritional therapists, and so <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure as you're aware, obviously the name's not protected, so it's a bit of a yeah. uh, frustration to say the least that anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. Well, yeah. Or you're a nutritionist for today, if you like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom, no, not you, I'm not allowing you in. Yeah, I'm a good <laughs> nutrition man. I, I literally follow the bro diet of chicken broccoli rice. I know you love it. Because I tried everything else, and that's the only thing I actually generally don't feel unwell or underfueled or anything with. Each you know, yeah. like, before, it, different people. Yeah. yeah, but it's one of these things where then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, why, what's the problem with the adherence? Mm. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. And you start getting some more nutritional therapy of like, yeah. what's life structure like? Oh, yes. you've got an issue with your job at the moment, you hate your yeah. job. And it's like how we don't advertise life coaching in the slightest bit, no. but it gets involved with some degree. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay, you hate your job, you're miserable, you come back to a partner who you hate as well for some odd reason or is just not giving you any attention. Yeah. And you're just like, fuck it, I'm just going to go out and get pissed up on the weekend because of it type yeah. of thing. Or go and eat a load of food. And it's or just, just like, the emotional eater, you know, yeah, which is a huge thing. Exactly. Um, and then it, that's when it's like, okay, I find that people who kind of put themselves in that camp of I only deal with nutritional 
therapy, mm. yeah, like or therapist, and that's a type of sense. Like, well, your role needs to be a bit more expansive. You oh, see what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it needs absolutely. to be a hell of a lot more. Yeah, it encompasses. Yeah, well, like when I'm talking to people on Instagram and stuff, like people expect that I am doing consultations with clients and we're talking vegetable fiber, protein. Generally, we're talking why do you feel bad when you eat more carbohydrates? Mm. Why are you judging yourself for being hungry? Why? Yeah. And trying to unpack all that, like what's the problem with you fueling yourself and where does that stem from? And how can we, like, I am always just trying to unpack the treat or good and bad foods. Yeah. I'm like, there's, there's, there's nutrient dense foods and there's less nutrient dense yep. foods. And if you choose a meal that's less nutrient dense, just make the next meal a bit more nutrient dense and I have this thing with my clients where I'm like please just don't press what I call the fuck it button where they're like yeah. oh look I was out Lindsay I couldn't get a salad so I got myself a burger and three pints of lager or whatever and <laughs> so then obviously the weekend was done so I just started eating all weekend and I'm like please like it's just a factual event in your life you had a meal there's no emotions that you're no, like you're not, a, you've got one yeah. That's it, and is. like you're no less of a good person because you chose pizza over salad. Whoa. You just wanted pizza, have the pizza, move on with your life, and try yeah. not to attach emotion to it. You know, so it's, it's a lot of that work, and then it's like, and by the way, would you just eat more protein tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, honestly, it's about coaching the individual. A hundred percent. Yeah. However, I, I have reservations about calling things uh, in the online coaching world, like check-ins and stuff like that. Because yeah. I don't, no offense to them, there is a fucking shit ton of online coaches if you want to call them who are yeah. awful at their job, right? And I'm going to categorically say that there's shit bags a lot of them. Um, and then there's other people out there who want to do well, right? And actually, yeah. really care for it. And obviously, then we've got some nutritionists and we've got some dietitians, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't want to associate myself with any of those type of people in the slightest bit and say like that. We do consultations each and every week. Yeah, right? okay. We're sitting down. We're not doing a check-in, type of thing. And the idea being is that we are going to try and get to the crux of this issue. Mm-hmm. And if it's a relationship with food, type of thing, that is a proper job in itself to try and manage it. Yeah. yeah? yeah. And it's the high, a whole idea that some clients I've worked with before who've got awful relationships with certain food groups, typically chocolate, I'll be honest. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I teach you, right, nice and simple. You are going to eat a chocolate bar every single day. Yeah. I'm like, but why? Because like, we're going to normalise this. Right? Yeah, you're yeah. going to get bored of chocolate, oddly enough, and you're <laughs> yeah. never going to want to touch it again, type yeah, thing. Yeah. And then, like, honestly, it'll be the text every morning or message on WhatsApp, like, what did you bought chocolate? Why have you gone for today, type thing? Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is mental. And then, oddly enough, three, four weeks later, like, haven't binged on chocolate now for like yeah, the nice. last three, four yeah. weeks. And they're like, and I'm like, this is just simply because we've got you to eat chocolate every single day. Yeah. Now, to the sports performance person who's there going, I'm going to go and topple Gordon type thing I can't I gotta eat clean and all this type of stuff I'm like and they'll look at it and go oh Simperia why are you dealing with this I'm yeah. like how about we think about post competition with yourself here 100% it's yeah good. what are you gonna be like then is it gonna yeah. be like chicken broccoli and rice for the rest of your life probably not no, no. like it's terrific a quick word about one of our sponsors Grappler's Soap the team wanted to find, right, the best possible defense against skin infections, which normally we get from each other or off the mass. This in turn led Dan and the team into researching more about soaps and essential oils, which turns out has been used for thousands of years, actually, as a natural defense against infection during the plague. Slight twisted story here, but grave robbers in England knew of the power of essential oils and smothered themselves in it before exhuming and stealing corpses. Useless fact of the day for you there. But Dan and the team had tried several soaps before, but none of them just simply wowed them. So he started to make his own. Months more research, trial and error led to finally this golden nugget, 
grappler soap, which you'll be pleased to know the recipe is CPR registered and approved by pharmacists. The use of a specific method to lock in the amazing natural smell, no cheap fragrances used here, which means the soap and use smell great and stand the best chance of staying healthy. Although the soap was developed for grapplers alike, it is now widely being used by non-grapplers. And Dan is always like, delighted to hear from customers about how it's cleared up dry and itchy skin or relieved eczema or just simply made you feel f- awesome. The smell alone has been a massive hit with men and women alike. So enough waffle for now. Go and get yourself some now at www.mrbassett.com or go check out their Instagram page for some very funny memes at Grapplers Soap. Thank you, guys. And the big thing is it's the, it's the, it's the short-term view, and it's hard when you're working with high-level competitors because they just have the next fight, the next fight, the next fight. Mm. But I'm saying to... I think it, it applies to males as well, but sp- certainly women in jiu-jitsu, if you want to be able to make a living out of this, you need to be able to take fights at short notice. You can't be ballooning up after each no. fight. You can't be doing that binge restrict. You need to eat like a professional athlete, like it's your job. Obviously, you're not going to be on fight weight full-time, but you... And the harder they restrict in camp, the harder they binge afterwards. Yeah. And it's just, it's a t- and I try to say to them, like, every time you do a sh- really bad weight cut, you're shortening your competitive career 100% yeah. because you're going to, basically, you've starved yourself maybe for eight odd weeks, so you've lost some muscle mass, but you're going to put that weight back on afterwards, but it's not muscle you're putting back on, mm. it's fat. And then, so the next time, say, we try to even dehydrate you, there's not enough muscle mass there that we had last camp, and that's mm. why it's harder to sweat this time and yeah. it's just it, nothing happens alone in bodies you know no. it's interesting again like when you try and look at longevity of different things and i think as time has progressed especially in the mixed martial arts world and in jiu-jitsu and in other weight making events mm. is i think the secret of making the weight cut right it's kind of gone we've gone past that era now people are more aware of it talking about yeah it. yeah and now i think the next level is how well you perform outside of camp, basically, yeah. and how you manage it. Now, obviously, we've not notoriously seen Paddy Bimlet blow up to the size of <laughs> fucking God knows. You know, what. they'd done a study on him. It's a published study. I can't remember who oh, the author God, was, was, but he put on cut, 10 kilos in about. He lost and lost 10, 12 kilos in three days, <sighs> but then put on 15 in two days after. I think they were saying his livers, his kidneys were. Yeah, all of his markers him. were shite. Yeah. The only person knows because. Um, oh, Darren Till, there was a video of him being yeah. basically like... Cla- I, I it, wasn't he vomiting outside the sauna, like yeah, the, the portable was, sauna, and they were filming it like it was... Filmed, like it was normal, and then on top of it as well, he was on the treadmill going, I can't fucking see. Yeah. Like, yeah. his vision was... And he had a, a, sweat, a plastic sweat suit on. And, and he was like, just chuck me back in. And again, this is the problem with this, again, there's two ways of talking about this, but the alpha mindset of just, you need to grind harder, bro. Like, yeah. Don't be wrong, there's elements of alpha that I like the discipline, I like the structure, I'm all for of it course, type of yeah, thing. Yeah. But there's elements where it's like, you are just being an absolute fucking it's naught stupid. right now. Mm. But I'm sure this would be an interesting question for you, <laughs> right? If you had a client who had to make weight and was going to be paying you obviously a substantial amount of money because their purse was, let's say, five million, let's yeah, say like yeah. this, I've got to shift 15 kilos in two days otherwise you're not getting paid or yeah. I'm not getting paid. It really puts you in like a very awkward circumstance. Yeah. Now you can either straight away be like, foul, no, I'm not I'm doing not it, I'm yeah. not doing this. Yeah, no. But at the same time, there's an element of like, if it was life-changing money mm. and you think, okay, well, we're going past the recommended markers. Yeah, I guess I never thought about the life-changing money element of it because I definitely have been approached by like, the likes of John Cavanagh in the past. I mean, like, such and such is over by, like, won't name the fighter, won't name the amount, but I've just been like, no, thank you. No, it wasn't Connor. It wasn't Connor. Uh, but I'm just like, 
no, absolutely not. Uh, and like, of course, I could I could get you on weight. Will you perform? Hundred percent not. But also, will you survive the weight cut? Maybe you know. And also, why? Why have you like my question? And obviously, the week before a fight is not the time to go into this. But with them, but why the hell are you so far over this close to the fight? What has mm. gone wrong in your camp? But now, if you're telling me if it would like buy my my family a house, <laughs> I'd have to. It depend on the per if I like the person, probably not. But if they were just someone random, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's it's awkward. Like it's, but the thing about weight cutting is, the science on it is get it's getting there. I guess, but um, it's not going to stop. And people are like, we have to. So like, you have one championship or like the judo where they do check weighs all the time and stuff. But what's happening? And same with the UFC on there. You know, when you check in a fight week, you have to be within ten percent of your weight. Mm. But so people are now just doing two weight cuts, yeah. or like in the in, so um, in pro boxing, didn't they? They wanted yeah. a pre-weight check-in, and it basically transpired that they were then just doing another weight cut. A hundred percent, and then, then yeah. redo it again two weeks later. And so, it, and in one championships, they they weigh you an hour before you get in the ring. In some of the pro boxing organisations, they actually you do a day before weigh in. But you're not allowed to be more than twenty pounds oh, heavier the, the next day. The, yeah, the uh, before you get in the ring, they weigh you or whatever. Um, but then people are just doing double weight cuts, which is really bad. And then they have like so in wrestling and college wrestling in the states, because obviously that's huge and it's very well funded. So a lot of the studies are based on that. But um, they started doing a what they called it like because they lost a few wrestlers in the sixties. Kids died doing weight cuts. Two oh. two kids, yeah. Um, so they started implementing these these um, safety procedures. I'm guessing. Yeah. So yeah. they have a like minimal minimum season weight or something. So they weigh all the kids at the start of the season, and they're like right. So say if you weigh at sixty, they're like the, the lightest you're allowed to compete at this season is fifty five. But then the kids are also doing weight cuts before that weigh in. So then they start doing the you know the urine specific gravity tests to check are they dehydrated when they're doing that. So they test their urine. Specific. But now the science has shown that the urine specific gravity tests aren't as reliable. They're very, very person specific. So for my marker of dehydration and yours is very different. Yeah. And so they, they have to have a bog standard fully hydrated USG test on you and then they can base it. Whereas they were trying to do ranges, but the ranges aren't accurate. And then even with the USG tests, the discrepancy between men and women is huge because female sex hormones affect that. Mm. So it's so for sorry, but my whole big round the garden well, no, point I'm, I'm is. I'm going to quickly add into the viewers and listeners to get them some perspective within the wrestling world. You're you're competing every week. Every well. weekend. Every, every weekend. weekend. Yeah. So you're potentially trying to wake up every single every week, weekend. not once, yeah. not three times a year type thing. Every single every, week, that kid. Yeah. So sorry, I just wanted to add that in. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. And in the states, your your college scholarship that's a million dollars. Like you're not going to college unless you get a scholarship, and that can be a wrestling scholarship. So it's big stakes, but. The, my main point is that weight cutting is not going to stop. So for, for me, we just need to educate people on how to do yeah. it well. Yeah. It's just, it's never going to stop. People are, well, you know yourself, even in jiu-jitsu, you're, you're, you're playing around with the rules. Like, that's not quite a reap. My foot was just, you know, yeah. everyone's always just pushing, pushing as much as they can before it's a rule break. So I think the same applies with weight cuts. So the more we can educate people on here, this is a good way to manipulate your body mass yeah. for a competition. I think it's, it's going to be hard because obviously again we've got some practitioners out there again another shout out to Jordy obviously for this is the fact mm. that you don't want to there's been people in the past who've stuck their neck out to say this is how to do it properly mm. and they've been torn down pretty quickly yeah and it's like this is how you water load this is how you water cut this is the diet you need to do type thing so I think Conor McGregor's old nutritionist uh, yeah. Lockhart I yeah. think it was got slated for basically doing keto and intermittent fasting mm. yeah in the same sort of dieting structure to make weight. And so 
he got chopped down pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. And then to the point where he was actually quite high up on stage, like Joe Rogan had him on, all this type of yeah, stuff, of course, and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's just like, nope, you're gone. And it's just like, yeah. it's quite cutthroat hard, to say the yeah. least. That, like, yeah. cool. There's been a couple of nutritionists like that though. You've had um, uh, Mike Dolce. I was going to say, the guy I couldn't think Dolce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Dolce was, was really good. He was Dolce doing all the UFC fighters for a while, wasn't he? Yeah. Because Luke Barnett, the UFC fighter, yeah, yeah. doesn't compete anymore. He's obviously with Ilias. Um, he was doing the thing where if you buy the Dolce book, I'm selling it on behalf of him, I'll send you an autograph photo. I was like, oh, cool, I'll get on that. Mm. Helps everyone out. And um, yeah, he's just disappeared. I know he does still operate, but he's nowhere near as big as he does. But the diet book is really interesting, but it is mainly based around surprise, surprise, eating in a calorie deficit. Yeah. And yeah. Just being really clever with your training. It's, it's, yeah. it's tricky. I, I like to think we're in a time now where people are a little bit more open to what people are saying, I think. Yeah. Whereas I think at the time, obviously, of Mike Dolce, obviously Lockhart, it was before UFC PI, for example. Exactly, and the, the studies weren't there for those guys. Yeah, and so again, they, it's sad to say they're obviously a RIP type thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things that it's it can be quite concerning. Like, I would have very big concerns about sticking my neck out and just being yeah. criticized by absolutely everyone. Oh God, yeah. And the problem yeah. is obviously with how marketing is and social media, mm -hmm. you've got to be outlandish, you've got to say stuff, you've got to try yeah. and do that type of thing. But when it comes in the world of like health and safety, not health and safety, but human well-being, mm -hmm. you can't be like, yeah, we're just going to do a keto diet and intermittent fasting yeah. and we're going to do this yeah. with this type of thing. And it's just like, because it may work for some people, as we will say, but not for everyone else. Yeah. And then there'll be someone who will then come in and just completely chop it down. And then you'll just be looking like an absolute and, fool. Yeah. Anything so. that's cookie cutter is just not going to work. It's not going to fly. Yeah, it's not just not, not. going to be. But yeah. But I find um, that so those guys, I would hope we're, we're working with good intention, but with bad science, basically, like mm. a lot of the even when I was doing my thesis, all, a lot of even the um, performance science is done on endurance sports. Yeah. So and then if you're looking at jujitsu, you're actually using all energy systems, you're, you're, you're sprinting, you're endurance, you're mid-level. Um, so me looking at a study where they sent 100 cyclists to do a 90 kilometer cycle, <laughs> it's just really not helpful yeah. unless you're that sandbagger that's just got someone under mount and is just lying there for the whole match. Yeah. But like, you know, it's... Well, <laughs> look, look, I will own up to that one competition. There was a man mounted in front of him, and apparently was like some Welsh powerlifting champion. And I was up by two points, and I just basically stayed in turtle for the rest of the match. I was like, I ain't moving from here. Yeah, I was just staying here. Coach was like, Why don't you roll out? Because I'm like, You can charge at me again, so I'm yeah. going to stay here and look active. But, um, yeah, it's it's really tricky, and I think it's never going to be sort of clear cut as to what we need to do. No. It's going to be ever evolving, and mm. I think. In essence, I th it's kind of a similar stance I take on the sort of the steroid talk at the moment within the jiu-jitsu world. Yeah. We need to stop stigmatizing this as deep, dark secret, right? Yes. Female anatomy, male anatomy, how to wake up properly. <laughs> yeah. It just needs to be openly talked about. Mm -hmm. I think people just need to accept that, hey, we may get things wrong, right? Yeah. It may change Science is moving time, all the time, all the time. All the time. And it'll be the case of, it's not the fact that, oh, you've done something, done something wrong 10 years ago. It's kind of say, well, look, we've evolved since then. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Let's accept this, move on and look on to the next few different things yeah. and say, mm -hmm. great, this is going to evolve later. Because for me, I'm sure you're, you're more than aware of this, Lindsay, is the fact that the time frame of which, I don't know, vasopressin obviously is like available for that woman to stop pissing more basically yeah. all, the time, all the time we don't know how long it's open for we don't know no. how long that hormone stays no. up for to keep that constant no. urination going for the water loading period yeah but the day it does come along oh, all right 
wicked guys, right? Yeah, let's just <laughs> let's, let's yeah. make this even make easier. Make hay while the sun shines, as yeah, they say, you know. Exactly. And it, it's, um, it's nice to see we've moved away from. Uh, again, we had another guy who's a. Uh, he's, he came to me, helped me wake up recently. He's like, "Why is the rest of the gym doing water loading for two weeks?" I'm like. I don't know either. <laughs> you tell me. Two weeks. Two weeks Christ. not water loading for. Yeah. And I was like, we don't need to do it for anywhere near no. long, mate. And if anything, I'll say like, it might even be negative that they may not even piss as much because they're, they're it will adjust. potentially yeah, adapting yeah, to this. Point, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, okay, absolutely fine. Let's let them do that. And like, yeah. again, you just try your best to sort of like yeah. blast it off and just ignore it type of thing. But you're still thinking like, there's so much bullshit out there still where yeah. people you think oh we're getting somewhere yeah people know what a calorie is and this type of yeah. stuff and it's like you've yeah, been eating clean for the last eight weeks and still nothing's happened and you're like okay but that the worst is for me is like a lot of the physio physiological responses in female bodies with hormone fluctuations they don't understand why like say for example like estrogen and progesterone affecting your water balance of the vasopressin dropping estrogen changes that changes the set point and they, they've done some studies where they've kind of they've put in say progesterone blockers and put in estrogen and vice versa and they're like you know this seems to change the set point but we don't know how or why so like so you're kind of like no like this is a thing like so say in postmenopausal women they're mm. much more prone to dehydration because they don't have the estrogen estrogen helps you flush out water and like yeah. it controls your thirst and stuff so you're just like no, yeah, like drink more in these two weeks. And they're like, why? And I'm like, fucking sex hormones. Like, yeah. you know, just like <laughs> so that's my point of like, you're relying on like maybe one or two <laughs> studies. And the thing is, you're there like, well, don't question me again, please, because I've got nothing else yeah. to respond to with this right now. And they're like, we know these <laughs> symptoms happen. And it's typical as well, again, it's like the pharmaceutical world. They're like, we know these are the symptoms that happen. And like me, the person that likes to look at the whole picture is like, yeah, but why? Why did you not study why that happens? Like, you've, you've just confirmed to me that this happens, but you'd, you've not explained to me why. And they're like, oh, no, we just, we needed the result. That's what we studied. There it is. There's your data, you know. Likewise, come back in two years' time when we have a new product for you. Type of thing, and you're like, ah, okay. And then the problem is your tin hat comes on because you try your best not to. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to be. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any Bravo, but like, do you know what I mean? Just like <laughs> fully on into it. And the aliens came along and told us what to do, type thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's really tricky. It's ever evolving. Like I said, we uh, had a quick pause. We have to do a quick technical change. It's just been a very free flowing conversation. Yeah, it's, just like, yeah. it's nice to have the same sort Lovely. of. Uh, uh, problems and issues with different things if you yeah, see what yeah. I mean and it's not just to, your clients yeah <laughs> not just my clients yeah. not just it's just uh it's yeah or yeah. everyone to say the least um I feel like you're but you want to ask questions we've got some questions yeah oh, I'm Lord. very aware that it may just come off the flight so we should probably do some questions and wrap it up yeah, yeah no that's fine yeah because yeah. I expect you're tired um so <laughs> complete and sell that so what I'm going to do is just Steal the so mic. I can hear myself. This is horrible. <laughs> uh, although we can still hear you at the same time. Okay, so that's fine. You're Jamie. Yeah, but I don't want to go on camera. So uh, one, day, one day. Um, so we did get a few questions come through. Uh, as predicted, they're mainly around menstruation, <laughs> I should say. Um, so one of them was how to manage cravings uh, during menstruation, also the fatigue behind it yeah. as well. Is there anything that you can kind of pinpoint? It was quite a broad spectrum question. Yeah, yeah well, this is something that comes up a lot, and it's actually very... Just to explain why that happens is again that that drop in progesterone drops your serotonin and um, carbohydrates help you make serotonin. So you genuinely physiologically are craving carbohydrates that week. And for most women, carbohydrates means chocolate. To be honest, they're not yeah. craving, they're not craving vegetables. They're craving chocolate. Um, 
but also your body, your insulin sensitivity is messed up on that week as well. So even the carbohydrates you're taking in, you're not using them as well as you do in the other phase of the cycle. So there's three, there's a threefold situation there that's happening. But what I do with fighters, first of all, and with any menstrual cycle raise stuff is knowing that really helps them. Like having them say, okay, so because again, there's a lot of shame and food choices for females that are trying to make weight. So them not thinking I'm actually just a pig that wants chocolate, this is a thing happening. Mm. Um, and what I do with clients is generally we would add more carbs that week. If, they're, if it's a really hard thing for them, we'll move to maintenance calories that week. And like we'll know from the data, um, but definitely get more calories from carbohydrates and like fruit carbohydrates. And then at that stage, if you're still wanting something sweet, have something sweet. You know, generally if they, yeah, generally if they, if they fill themselves with the good veg, with the good fruit, and the, that kind of helps improve the mood generally. And then if you still want some chocolate, you, you've got to just have some chocolate. Yeah, that's cool. Um, the only other thing I was going to say is just picking up. Hang on, I better check my notes. Bear with me. That's right. I was going to say. I'm just putting add this in. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. With what you were saying there again, it's that kind of like psychological aspect of yeah. like confidence around the actions that the individual is doing. Yes. And I think unless you have to make weight, mm -hmm. you don't need to have these limitations set on yourself. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's about building that confidence to understand the, like what's going on in the first place, mm -hmm. and then going, oh, okay, cool. Well, this is what's happening right now. Cool. I understand it. This is quite normal, and it's not going to happen over one menstruation. Absolutely not. It's no, going to take yeah, yeah. several points of yeah. like adjustment, understanding it, and then realizing the markers of it, and then kind of going. And that time frame, we always set ourselves mentally like, oh, I've had this conversation. Like, well, cool. This is all solved. It never mm, works like yeah. that. It's like. Okay, cool. And then you'll maybe get a bit of confidence around it, and then you'll have your confidence knocked all of a sudden because something didn't happen exactly right. And they're like, "Oh, am I doing the right things?" And it's yeah. like, "No, everything's fine." It's about practice, yeah. rehearsal, mm -hmm. and over and over yeah. and over again, so that when it comes to it, you're like, "Cool, I know exactly what's going yeah. on." Type thing. And then just moving away from the day-to-day -day mindset, like if I was like, "I had a bad day today. I've ruined everything," and I'm like, "Actually, the way I assign your calories is by the month." So. Like if you've gone over by four or five hundred calories to what you would have liked That's to have right. today, the grand scheme of a month, not a big deal. Don't worry about it. You know, right. yeah. if you're making progress based on like one hundred calories here or there type thing, yeah, you you're very satisfied with very minimal sort of yeah, results yeah. to put it into perspective. Yeah, like yeah. we we kind of have like markers and targets that we try and work with the individuals based if they're happy to respond to them. Yeah, and I'm like, look your one kg a week that we're aiming for right, yeah. is not going to be made or broke by sort of the fact that you had some extra mayonnaise on your meal, right? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You'll be very dissatisfied with the fact you're moving around 0.1 of a gram yeah, <laughs> each yeah. and every week and I'm going to look like an absolute fraud type <laughs> thing. So, yeah. yeah, that kind of puts it into perspective. But you know what I'm asking? Monthly, how do you sort of monitor that? Do you just get all the numbers in on a spreadsheet or have you got software? Or, or yeah, no, generally I'll figure it out. I'll figure out their BMR, I'll get their activity level, I'll adjust for it and then... I, generally with people I'll ask them to do a certain level for two weeks and take the data from their body I'm always yeah. like taking data from people's body rather than just you know um, and then depending on the person some people just like to have a stable situation some people are like can I like to eat out at the weekend with my husband blah 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 so I'll yeah. assign them calories there and stuff but generally like if, if I'm comparing a progress of a female it's day one of her cycle versus day one of her cycle it's not day one versus day eight day it's, it's so changeable that and, and you know yourself it all just fluctuates so I'm always saying as long as the trend is downward the fluctuations don't matter so if your highest set point is down each month you're getting somewhere I just thought of another question sorry Tom I really need to ask this because I had a client previously right a female client taking creatine yeah 
fluctuations all over the shop and she's like po- uh, pre-menopausal as well yeah just but we're talking where normally most of the time let's say obviously we'd be taking obviously cycles into consideration mm. but you see most of the weight sort of clustering together and moving in a nice little trend this client however up down up down mm. up down up down and i was boggling my mind and obviously again self like sort of the posture syndrome kicks in like i don't know what i'm doing yeah what's, what's going, going on here, here? Yeah, like yeah. We, we've done everything like we've given meal plans we've gone off structure we've done this yeah. we've done that and i'm like I've got a good relationship with this client that they really want obviously to get a good result type yeah. thing that I don't want to be like, you're lying, you're eating more. I was just going to say, that's like, the like, first thing you go to is like, how honest are you being? I know, and in my head I'm like, I don't want to go down that route at that moment because it just, I feel like sometimes can like taint into that like relationship a yes, little bit. Yes, now, don't yeah. get me wrong, if you've got a cracking relationship, like you're being a dickhead, like sort your life out yeah, type thing, yeah, yeah. that's fine. Um, but yeah, her weight was just moving up and down, took it out everything I'll, I'll show you the, like, took the creatine yeah took the creatine out and everything just started happening as if it was supposed to and i was like this is really odd i, I i've never come across anything like, yeah you hear people go oh i'm putting a load of weight on with creatine I'm like it's marginal it's not going to happen yeah and, and it settles you and it settled yeah. it just wouldn't settle at all and i was like this is re-, and it's yeah. only when we took it out it like went back to normality i was just like never seen that or heard that before the but, word has escaped me but um what what creatine turns into in your muscle what is that the but she might have that genetic snip, but she has that very, very high. Yeah, I know, I know about that now. I can't remember the word. It either. sounds like creatine, but it's not creatine. But I just keep saying creatine in my head. You know the one I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> we have to Google <laughs> this so people are not bothered by us. I'll do exactly the same thing if I can't think of something. That I, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure it was creatine, but I don't think No, it's... It's like creatinine or something, you know? You've got the other blood marker, which is creatine, which everyone says to me, oh, I've had the, uh, the doctor said I'm having too much creatine in my diet. I'm like, no, that's a different thing. Yeah, like, but no, that's yeah. completely but different. That's, like, that's that all could, I that, can that hear. That could be elevated. <laughs> we just want you to go in the gym more yeah. type of thing. And they're like, oh, but they said it was bad. I'm like, don't worry. Um, creatine kinase? No. No, that's what I got here on the enzyme for it. Someone posted in the comments what it yeah. is Someone before we go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> we're not frauds, we promise. It's the yeah. weird ATP to ADP transition. Yeah. It sits yeah. in the middle, doesn't it, somewhere? Yeah, I was completely blown by it. And it's yeah. one of those very rare occasions where I was just like, what's going on here? Yeah, like, this looks, and it, the creatine was the thing. And it was yeah. the thing. And I was just like, I couldn't get my... I just, yeah, really, really odd for it. Sorry, that was a complete yeah. tangent. I was, just <laughs> like, you, I was wondering if you came across it before. No, I haven't. Well, I came across it in a man. Really? He got bloods and his insert word here was very, very <laughs> elevated. <laughs> so we took it. He doesn't need it, basically. <laughs> uh, that's so interesting. Out what the word is. We will do. We'll put it in like a little block, like, here's this. Bam, this is the yeah, word. This is your nutrition <laughs> education for the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Right, Sorry. That's fine. I'll keep looking while you read the next question. That's there. Um, so we've got some kind of... I would do the same, but it's what's my phone to? I'm using the I can't do it. Um, it's a bit of a weird question. Well, I, I say weird. It's kind of a funny question, but then I think with the current state of things, it's also probably quite relevant. So with the rise of AI, do either of you think that eventually you could be replaced? <laughs> uh, I love this question. And the only reason I say that is because obviously, you know, you've got people threatening about intellectual property in terms of writing uh, films and music and stuff like that. I think I've got this now. I'm going to research. It's just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you think about it, you know, searches through Google and that kind of stuff. Cool. At some point, do you feel like it will ever replace the, the human value behind being a nutritionist? No. Whether it be male or female? Not at all. Right. The difference being is that AI is good at drawing out data, okay, and customizing it to the parameters that you set within it, okay? 
And the example I give to any inquiry that comes through is that as a nutritionist, it's the, in the way that I, I'm presuming obviously the same sort of thing with you, is the fact that if I put a rat in a wheel, made it run around the wheel 10 times, gave it X amount of food and a certain food groups type of thing, I as a scientist would expect said result, right? Which is the way that AI is going to work on this. Yeah, based on the parameters that you set within it, we're not rats. And the clients that I work with, I don't treat like rats. Mm-hmm. As I say to everyone, if they want to lose weight, go eat three bags of ice a day, run a marathon, fantastic, it's no problem. Don't have to worry about anything else, yeah? But there's a humanistic touch to it, which AI cannot give. Now, if AI is able to start, this is getting tin hat motion yeah, type thing on, like go. emotional and I was able to uh, be able that's to relate to this there is um, if it's able to help with emotional regulation and trying to have that sort of nutritional therapy that we've kind of discussed yeah. there, then maybe that could be a discussion but then I think there's an element of human interaction as well that's needed yeah. so I have a lot of FaceTime with clients so I'm guessing obviously you see people in person as yeah, well yeah. like depending on the, the particular client I might be working with and so like, we'll obviously go and see some people later type mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. people still yearn for it and that's yeah. why again an emphasis on this podcast is that we wanted to do it in person rather than on Zoom because we don't need to do Zoom anymore yeah. do you yeah. know what I mean so the human nuance can never be replaced I think yeah. and even I I would when I'm asking people questions because people as you know oftentimes that like like you said earlier which is one of my favorite sentences of people I've tried everything I'm just like for how long did you try everything yeah. and uh, I, but you know so when when I asked them say that yeah. because on our last podcast sorry, I completely adjust, Mark uh, Mark Hibbard was saying that he gave everything a good solid six months yeah. before he decided right this wasn't for bullshit now it's mm. not working I think I was doing quite a few, so I did like a, fa- I saw Jay about this the other day, I um, I got on the, the hype. He's not my client, by the way. No, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm not one of Jay's clients, that's a good point. I just steal free bit tidbits from him and add it up into a book and I'm going to sell it later on. He's like a gypsy stealing things from me. Yeah, um, but basically I was, what was I taking? I was taking USN Cedra Cut tablets, which are like thermal fat-burning tablets back in 2000 and fucking hell. Caffeine and Cayenne Pepper. Yeah, like 2012 maybe, something like that. So I was like 20 and I was like, oh, these will help. Um, But attached in there was like a lipid fat diet. So you basically, the premise of it was anything that you cook in a pan, if it leaves white fat, don't eat it. Oh no. And I was like, okay, so like pork and other stuff like that. And I was like, I don't eat much of that anyway. Uh, but the lunches, I was telling Jay, and he was just like, that's just awful, was like, you you could have a choice of uh, one whole sweet potato with half a bag of spinach, I can see you cringing already, wait, 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 and the best bit is one whole tin of tuna that had been spring water, and that's all you could eat for lunch. Oh, no. And I'd get through it, and I'd be like, yeah, this is cool, and by day two, I was like, this is fucking shit. This is the worst thing I've done. But I did see results from it. And I was like, oh, okay, it must be the tablets working. It wasn't. The fact that I was going to the gym, I was producing my calories. I just yeah. completely, like you said, like bro science. I was like, oh, this works, this is fine. <laughs> it's the and then I've done, like, it, I've eliminated a lot of things. So I did like an eight month food diary of stuff that I was nice. eating. Um, and I basically found out that like, if I eat onion or like anything too much paprika in it, it makes me fucking want to. Die. Yeah. Um, ice cream's a big proponent for me as well. Can't touch ice cream. Yeah, dairy. It's like a brick in my stomach for hours afterwards. But I can eat chocolate. I can be funny with dairy though. Is that like yeah. I, uh, I eat a lot of real butter and cream. Not a problem. Um, if I were to drink milk or like get a milkshake or have ice cream, I really feel it in my sinus straight away. Yeah. Um, Same with me with some protein shakes. I can't touch them. Some of I the like from yeah. Ages when I started taking creatine under mm. recommendation of Mister. <laughs> 
no, um, I think no, I, no, no, no. No, I am doctor. not a doctor. <laughs> so just to make sure everyone's next to this. Yeah. What your fake doctor is fine. No, um, I was con- I read up quite a bit of it first because I was aware there was quite a lot of people saying they were getting like skin reactions from it, and I've got quite sensitive skin anyway. Right. Um, and I started taking it, and I didn't have one. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. So it's just dependent on person to person. Yeah. Uh, it's the same Which thing with every diet and yeah. everything else. It works depending on the person how much effort you're putting and therein is the reason ai would never replace us because it's so yeah. person dependent and yeah. um but even the human interaction like i like i like to see people's body answer questions for me when i ask like so if i'm like you know do you do you think even of vegetables and they're like yeah yeah and then i can just see like you know i just <laughs> you need to physically see the person and yeah. um to really assess the situation and then again like you've already it sounds like you're the same as me as i've a very holistic approach to things like i like to tell people to sleep, tell people to be a lot. Like I have a client at the minute I'm working with and like, she's just like, Lindsay, you're the best therapist I ever had. Cause like a few weeks <laughs> <Yeah>. ago, <laughs> I just basically said to her, and why do you think you chase chaos? And she was like, sorry, she's like, are you, are you my nutritionist? And I was yeah. like, yeah, it's like, you, I, you, you, you need to be in chaos and like, you're not gonna, like, cause she was like, would you do me? And this is a thing that comes up all people like, will you do me a meal plan? I'm like, no. Yeah. You do a meal plan, send it to me. I'll give you my opinion on it, but I'm not doing it for you. You like engage in this situation and yeah. learn how to eat well, because then when I'm not in the picture, you'll have learned some skills. That's you know? exactly my point. So there's two things. So I had a very similar yeah. situation with a client who's just finished up with me. Um, very stressful life, running multiple properties, but he's like bought them, doing them up type of thing. Yeah. He's not, he's kind of like a handyman, so he doesn't know all the trades to so do it type of stuff. And uh, constantly weekend binges every single time. Like, he's like, I want to make progress. But I had a newborn as well. And I was like, right, okay, we previously worked before. Tried to outline it and eventually we got him success based on the fact he took a half a day on a Thursday. Just to like, be on his own. Just to simply be on his own, not have to work. And he was like, you did, it wasn't macros, it wasn't no. calories, it was just to de-stress. And I said, mate, the easiest way of describing it is you're a pressure cooker, right? Mm-hmm. I try and release that valve off on a Friday evening for you slowly. <sighs> likelihood of that happening is not going to happen in the slightest mm-hmm. bit and so then by evaluating your structure and your lifestyle right and kind of saying that you're busy yeah, yeah it may seem like a detriment that you're not working as much right but the quality of your work's going to go through you're going to feel better because you have more self-control and his wife even turned and said why are we not doing this and they ended up selling one of the properties they were working on just because they were like we just don't need this it's too yeah. much mm-hmm. and he said i didn't expect that from you and i said my obviously biggest reservation is I don't want to come across like, I don't know, an absolute I know, <laughs> twat who knows yeah. everything, I know. right? And it's like, it's I know how to manage people's lives. It's like yeah. when people talk about kids and stuff, obviously I haven't got kids, right? Yeah. But I've worked with clients who've had newborns or newborns and they've inquired and I've worked with them and this mm. type of stuff. And they're like, yeah, I want to start losing baby weight and everything. I'm like, one final sponsor shout out to the team at Inner Chimp. Inner Chimp is a brand name that really speaks to grapplers and fighters, one we can believe and relate to on a personal level. Inner Chimp is simply catchy, right? And with small tweaks can be your general gym wear and casual wear and rash guards like this for men, women and children. Inner Chimp is ethically produced and has turned down cheaper production overseas to ensure this understanding that we only have one earth right which we need to look after this is at the forefront of their production decisions and we want you our listeners and viewers to have a sense of accomplishment in knowing that you are doing your part when buying their products inner chimp tees are 100 organic cotton their packaging 80 percent recycled cardboard and all of their products are designed to last their production and manufacturing is in the uk trying and aiming to be as 
eco-friendly as possible, leaving close to zero global footprint. But to put it simply, Innerchimp has a massive passion for the sport, attention to detail and our planet in mind, and always at the forefront of your own Inner Chimp. Go check out their website, www.inner-chimp.co.uk, or go check out their Instagram at inner underscore chimp. Thank you for your time. How about you just have your child for three months first and yeah. see how well you sleep first mm. and then come back to me because I can guarantee you, you're probably not going to come back to me because yeah. you're going to be sleeping. Now is not the time. Yeah, now is not the time. Yeah. And they're like, but how do you know you haven't got kids? I'm like, I just know from experience so far of speaking yeah. to the different people, don't get me wrong, people can be unique. People might have of course, yeah. Yeah. different circumstances set up type of thing. Uh, but yeah, our, our, our role evolves to so many different things because yeah. even though it's not directly, here's your macro spit, here's your food, here's that type of thing. If I can control how you're going to react to it, that's part of the yeah. job as well. Yeah, thing. it's all. It's just so intertwined. It's not. In, it's not food. Like everybody knows what a good balanced square meal looks like, so. and everybody. Well, yeah, most people, I should say. <laughs> most people could <laughs> find what they need to find. It's not like knowing what to do is not enough. Basically, is the thing. Like having someone help you implement it into your life. Like I always say to people, the best diet is the one that's sustainable for you. That's the exactly. best way to do it. But um, seeing the person and like, you know, from your consultation with them, you don't, you get right in there. I'm just like, you know, yeah. like there's still people and it amazes me. I'll be like, so how often do you, like how, how often do your bowels move? And they're like, and I'm like, how, how did you not think that's relevant to your nutrition? Will you sit, buckle up because we're talking about poo. Here comes the Bristol <laughs> and, and after that, we're going into periods. And after that, we're going to go yeah. into, you know, it's just like. All these details come uh, yeah. into play. And like, again, it's, it's come back to your meal plan statement. It's such a common one. And like, I've turned people away and like, can you do me a meal plan? No. Yeah. No, why? Unless you go more into detail for this, I'm not. And mm. if you're not prepared to talk to me about this, then I'm not doing your meal plan. Yeah. Right. I've got no context. I've got no idea who you are. We have not built a relationship. I'll right? just tell you to eat what I eat. Yeah, <laughs> what exactly. I like to eat. And I love an omelette. Now you're having an omelette for breakfast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the idea being is that I kind of say to people, we want to do, I kind of, I refer to it as a blueprint, right? I want an assessment of what you're doing over four to five days. So yeah, you see everything yeah, you're yeah. doing, right? Yeah. And then what we're going to do is we're going to change some details. Tweak what you're doing. Yeah. Tweak what you're doing. Because guess what? You're going to eat food you like. Yeah. You want to have a Domino's pizza? Fucking yeah. no problem. You want a chocolate bar here? You want to... I don't know, eat chicken, broccoli and rice the rest of the day, so that's absolutely fine. Yeah. And then what we, the reason we want to look at this is that so that then we're going to make you be consistent with it, right? Mm -hmm. If I just take that all away and give you a load of foods you absolutely despise, right? Even if you're, oh, but it's for the greater good, I'm yeah. going to lose weight, it's going to work type thing. I know you're just a ticking time bomb before you go, not, fuck it, no. I can't be bothered with this. Yeah, no. And it's the same statement I say, if you're doing a dieting structure, you need to ask yourself, genuinely not this like cliche what you're going to be doing in five to ten years time yeah can you be doing this for the rest of your life mm -hmm. right and if the answer is clearly no or kind of like maybe a little you need yeah. to change it yeah, yeah simple as it's like the people like oh, i done really well on keto i'm like well That's good obviously you. not because you're not still doing it so <laughs> Yeah. You know, well, we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah, in the first place. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's the way I look at it more. Um, so, yeah. Or like it just wasn't sustainable or whatever. Like I personally, really? me as a person, <laughs> I am I do better on higher fat, lower carbs. I can manage on lower carbs. I know that of myself, but not jujitsu. Um, so I get it and I'm open to people's energy systems and what they do and what their preferences are. I love meat. I love red meat, fatty meat, oily fish. So for someone to say to me, just eat meat, like, you know, just eat fat and 
a little bit of protein. I'm like, I'm sold. You're, I'm in. That's you when know? Tyson Fury went obviously down the keto route in yeah. boxing. And was like, oh, I need to do this type of thing. So I knew you've got no, questions. It's, it's just easy conversation, <laughs> though, isn't it? Um, really easy conversation. We need like a beer. Yeah, same time. Yeah. <laughs> talking about. How about we come back over to you? It's yeah, time, yeah, yeah, totally. We'll have you over. Um, and yeah, it's the same thing. And uh, do you know what? It's interesting because it gets labeled instantly as like keto, carnivore. People need a label. They, they need a label. And I'm like, why can't you just be eating a high protein diet? Yeah. That's all it For is. me, I'm just like, okay, well, let's just eat like a vegetarian that eats meat. Yeah, that's it. So loads of veg, loads of meat. Yeah, you know, you're, no you're problem sorted. with it at all. Right, sorry, Tom, I'll stop interjecting. <laughs> I do need to apologise, mate, it's fine. <laughs> um, so, uh, kind of going back slightly towards jujitsu-wise, and Mandy can probably help with this as well. Um, we, we had um, a previous podcast with Emily, um, one of our but basically what it was is we wanted to know in terms of you both competing have you had to float up weights to get mm. a match before because yeah. Emily was saying she's had to go up like double her weight class and compete against someone who's way higher weight class compared to her just to get a match and it was just like yeah. she can't find anyone at her weight at yeah. some of these quite big competitions. Is she, is she, is she like a team? Is she rooster? Like no, 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 she's no. a... No, she's middle. She was saying she's having to fight yeah. like 80 plus. Yeah, like, wow. I think she's on a weight cut now. I think she just posted literally out. Well, I think she was on last night. She was like, wait, cut and wait one more day. Yeah, <laughs> like, wait, wait. I think she's, she's starting now at like 75.2. So I think yeah. she's going down again. She's going to try to get under the 70 point. Yeah, now I've had it like in Irish competitions where I've went in at 69, but there's been no one, so I've gone up to 74. But, but yeah, um, yeah her, her division is quite tricky. I'd say yeah. that above 70, then it's it's quite hard to find mm. anyone. Like, I as, Is it as it. the belts go up, do you think? Because I, I guess I would have on competed at that, like blue, so when you get up to the higher belts, it's... Yeah, yeah b- blue is usually packed, but still it's always harder to find fights at mm. above 70 and then the higher you go in the belts, just generally, there's less and less people. Mm. So for her, yeah, of course, it's going to be it's going to yeah. be harder. But and it breaks my heart. IBGF, the highest female weight class is plus seventy nine. Mm. Like if you're above five foot six and an athletic woman, you're probably about seventy three, seventy two. So you. Unless you're Gabby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's I another conversation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. That might be something else. But. Um, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. But we had we always converse about this with regards to the, like the going into your division fed and stuff. And we talk about like I think um, sometimes you'll have, obviously we have no go roles like white belt, blue belt men. Some like you have to vet them. They're, it's normally not really worth it for your safety or your sanity. But then there'll be weight discrepancies, and there's some people that are really sensitive. Like I can't roll, and we kind of generally are like they're. It's like within 10 kilos, I think you can't complain in jiu-jitsu. It would be different than boxing or something. But, um, but then what was the, was it someone that said like 10 kilos equates to a belt, basically. So someone, oh, yeah. uh, it was one of the American, I'm so bad with names. Um, yeah, something about yeah, every 10 kilo is so a like belt. So like to what you said earlier, the blue belt, that's 30 kilos heavier than the black belt. He's now become a black belt because he's like oh, 10 kilos for purple, uh-huh. 10, you know. <laughs> had this conversation with someone else it yeah. was about um, if after watching who's number one uh, yeah. uh, no float was it who's number one yeah it was it's, who's number one yeah. uh, it's I don't know if it's a WMA I think it was WMA it might be a WMA. Um, 
and he was saying this is a massive fan. Uh, Andrew Tackett, if he's the same weight as Gordon Ryan, I think would be a real problem for him. And I yes. was like, I didn't hear the same weight bit. I was like, is this guy been sniffing glue or something? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, like Gordon's level is very, very good. But I'm not dismissing Andrew Tackett's level is not as good, but there's yeah. a difference in size here. Yeah, yeah I know he yeah. took on Big Dan, but Gordon put on the size to help the fact that he's already that good and was like, well, it's having yeah. an advantage here. And I was like, right, but yeah, you're right in terms of like weight differences and ability. There is going to be a discrepancy to begin totally. with, right? Yeah. That is perfectly understandable. It's why we have absolutes and some absolutes are split, obviously, as over or under a certain limit, which is yeah. cool. Um, but it always kind of boils down to that. I think, in all honesty, there's going to be an element of technique because, again, take that black belt who's got, I don't know, he's 30 kilograms lighter. Mm-hmm. That's a competitive black belt. Yeah. He'll that, manage that. That, 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 manage that changes everything yeah. altogether, right? If you've got the professor who's a black belt, happy with his school, hasn't competed in God knows how long, might do the occasional local comp mm. just to maybe please his students or his ego, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I, I, he can get smashed by a blue belt, a competitive blue belt type mm. of thing. And again, it depends on the level of the quality of training type stuff. I so. think as well, the, the difference um, is relevant to what the lighter person weighs. So like if this is a 60 kilo black belt, he's probably going to manage a 90 kilo blue belt very well because he's always been 60 kilo, probably in a room full of people that are 80 kilos. Yeah, exactly. But if we're talking an 80 kilo black belt and a 110 kilo rugby player blue belt, the 80 kilo black belt's not going to be used to being the smaller in the situation. Yeah. And like we always find like all the smallest girls in our gym are so, like their technique is so Sorry. solid because yeah. it has to be to keep them safe. And it's amazing. Whereas I like, we like, well, we have great roles. We just mess, but. I just have brute force. That's all. That's I'm like it's it's pig ignorance that gets me <laughs> positions and and like so, as every so often then like even we were rolling last weekend and she like would she mount me or side control and I was like Jesus I'm gonna have to do some actual jujitsu now. I need a technique here, you know. <laughs> I'm sure you've been in the position where you've been mounted, you end up just sort of like pushing them off. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Yeah. And I'm like halfway through the plan, I'm like, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know I should be using more than just yeah. physical brute force here. But, um, like no. my husband calls my my uh, my jujitsu guard because I'm like it's so funny because I've come from striking so for me if I was ever on the ground I was it was in I was in trouble like yeah. you know so, so I'm just like, yeah, like I'm just trying to wrestle people and yeah. stuff and then so Austin calls my guard to get back up and get a single leg guard yeah. <laughs> he's like if I end up on the bottom I'm like sweep stand back up take them yeah, down yeah, it's interesting I think we had like, I think I mentioned this in my last podcast that we there's a guy local to us called Lee and he's about uh, walks around 109 110 x bodybuilder lean as anything has yeah. abs all that type of stuff Doing very well, obviously, in yeah. the white belt stuff. Went to a competition, uh, came, up an ex- uh, came up against an ex-pro rugby union player okay. who was 130 kilograms, yeah. just a bit taller, and he said, I felt like a child. Yeah. And he said, never had that experience. Yeah, because he's not used to it, yeah, yeah. Totally. I think the other thing to put us on the context of that, uh, that, that sort of um, analogy we're putting together with the higher be- weight blue belt against the black belt, yeah. it's also gi versus no gi as well. Yeah, because I think, so. as we've been, you kind of brought up in other podcasts, is that big people, however much I'm still only doing no gear at the moment, um, in the gear can be slowed down a hell of a lot all of a sudden. Yes. And it's just like, okay, cool, well you can't just explode out of this. and just yeah. move around mm, type of thing. Yeah. Like, I get a pant grip all of a sudden, like, yeah. well you break basically like a dog on a leash until you break, break it type <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, and then that puts a whole different spin on that whole analogy, do you yeah. know what I mean? Of like, I could easily see a 60 kilogram black belt wrap up tie someone up like, in like, their even game. a competitive yeah. one do you know what I mean because mm-hmm. again they're like oh 
it kind of what reminded me of um, Felipe Pena, who we were talking about. We were, Hasim, is that right? Or yeah, Hasim Ryder. Yeah, Hassan, and that's how he got Hasim, how he got to the back, and it was beautiful. Oh, and it was yeah. like it reminded me again because again, some of these guys aren't brat bouts yet, and they're still coming up through. But it was yeah. like the professor rolled with the cocky student. Like, yes. so not saying he yeah. is cocky in the slightest bit, yeah. really humble no. guy. But he did a move and he got to the back, and he was just like. How have I got here? Mm. <laughs> you could see it on his face. And it's Panic. Like, oh, okay, right. And then Felipe's just doing his thing, and it's yeah. just like mm. you can see the levels to it. Yeah. So I think, like Ricky was saying to us, should be okay. Actually, I can hear. I can hear myself anyway. If you can't hear me, fuck you. Um, <laughs> so Ricky was saying to us, it's about time on the mat as well, because he said, you know, he will. There's not many people, I would say, that can train as much as he can because he was doing like what was he saying like six seven hours a day right, training right, right. jiu-jitsu mm. but oh so it wasn't just jiu-jitsu on the six hours it was like no. strength yeah. recovery, yeah. everything everything else, so. and he said obviously that gives me a unique ability whereas mm-hmm. if i go against a hobbyist in a competition where mm-hmm. they may come in two three times a week yeah. do their you know um drilling for an hour and then they do a few hours a few hours of spine and they're done for the day my accumulative hours and then i reach black belt level i'm going to walk through these people because my time on the mat experience compared to theirs is at such disparity that i can just yeah Yeah. just outgun them basically and he was just saying it just comes into his own game yeah a couple of years ago someone on reddit uh, took the time to actually do a chart of hobbyists and competitors and like it's the progress is, it. it's just yeah. like it gets that and also I think something we kind of touched on with Mark as well which I kind of want to go into and probably add it in as a question for future is there is a difference between being a competitor and being competitive yes um, you know I'm a competitor I've competed I've lost <laughs> but I've definitely competed you've competed you've won a couple but does that make you a competitor are you going out every weekend you know, are you in the ADCC Open? Are you competing every month? Are you going to IBJJF Worlds? You know what I mean? Like, if you're competing very often, you are competitive, I'd like to think. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're winning mm. rounds. But if you're just a competitor, does it really matter? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, hitting weight every single day of your life and making sure, like, if you're as focused as hitting weight as a competitor, being competitive, should yeah. you be that kind of nail down on your weight in general just spin the top one. Oh, okay <laughs> just as an interesting thing you know because i think it depends if on... i came to you saying jay i got a competition in a few weeks you'd be like yeah right dickhead just chill the fuck out like you know <laughs> i'm not going to go compete at worlds and say i need to fucking win gold or he's lying house, he is yeah or, or my house <laughs> is getting taken away from me do you know what i mean like yeah. someone who say is competing uh full-time jiu-jitsu um whether it be male female who uh, star whatever you would recognize yourself as if you're doing that as like your job like you know you still get hate for it <laughs> but no no but the point i'm trying to get is, is you know, if you're doing that as your main job would you change someone's nutrition on if they're a competitor or competitive on that sense as well so i think again it comes to my role to understand the individual that i'm working with mm-hmm. right to as to what extent they need to be pushing these extremities to, yeah. yeah right mm-hmm. similar to what we talked about then if we did it, it off air or not but the idea of the menstrual cycle about upturning your whole life to optimize that not let's just call it a percent yeah right yeah within your performance okay but i have an individual who's let's say 
uh, a mother, three three kids, yeah. right? Who has aspirations of maybe going to the world type of thing, but the reality check behind it is that they may be good, but yeah. they haven't got as much free time. They're, they're working a full time job and stuff like this. Yeah. It, I think it's my responsibility to outline to them at the beginning of the consultation period and where that roadmap's going to go as to expectations. Yeah, now, managing expectations. If, yeah. if I'm speaking to them and they're saying. I've got all this, I've got all these other things, I've got three kids, I work a full-time job, however, I've got a sabbatical for eight weeks to work towards worlds, I've mm. got a, a babysitter who's looking after all the kids and I can go full hog, right? Yeah. I'm going tick, 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 tick. I'm there going, cool, my first port of call, I'm sure as you're aware, is right. I'm not going to give you the heel hook nutrition as I kind yeah, of yeah, We're yeah. going to make sure Get you did the basics and then from there we're going to start leveling up as quickly as you're responding to stuff. Mm. So I'm sure, again, you've had this situation with other clients that yeah. you give them the basics, respond to it fantastically instantly yeah. like cool next it's bit, life changing next bit, next, bit, next <laughs> bit and you keep moving on others as we've kind of discussed already that you give them the basics and they can barely stick to it for more than two hours type thing yeah um so i think in response to your question it's my kind of responsibility and i think this would be the same with anyone who's helping the athlete towards that goal is to assess the reality behind it and it's not to crush anyone's dreams everyone wants to go no. and compete well and stuff like that but if you look at the top end athletes who are competing and Take Colomarte, for example, mm. right? Competing at the top level, trains jiu-jitsu full-time, doesn't need to pay a mortgage, just yeah. to put it bluntly, right? And can do as much as he wants or as little as he wants, then, hey, we're going whole hog in there, mm. yeah? If sometimes you may come across an individual who needs to rocket up their ass to understand that they can go further, and there's yeah. an element of encouragement that's needed and confidence, experiencing, that's fine. But you need to, again, I'm sure you said this as many times, we make many questions, you get even in nutrition, like yeah. it depends. I know, yeah. um, it's the answer nobody wants, but it's the right answer yeah, all of every the time. time. <laughs> it's actually like saying that you, you wear a lot of hats as a nutritionist and as a yeah. gym owner as well. Mm. You know, you're the psychiatrist, doctor, yeah. bloody everything yeah. else. So, yeah, I guess the thing is, uh, there's an element of like, I always, always meet the person where they're at. But like, I have some people that they're the busiest people but they're busy because they're supremely high function and they will have them, they'll meal prep. They'll be like, no, I haven't yeah. nailed, blah, blah. And then you get like someone that's 24, is no a full-time athlete, trains twice a day, but actually only trains once every two days and couldn't, will not cook and expects to go and win worlds, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's meeting the individual where they're at. Mm. And then there is an element, like, cause that is a sentence I often say to people is, unless it's your job to be this weight on Saturday, why are you putting yourself under so much pressure over this? Yeah. But if you do adjust the basics, if they get their basic nutrition right, their body composition will represent the right weight class for them. You know, they're right. Jiu-Jitsu weight classes is five kilos. So if you're like, say between 69 and 74, so say if you're walking around at 71, then there's a decision to be made. Do you want to cut? Because you're going to have to cut the weight of the gi if it's a gi match. Or do you want to feed up and just enter full? And then that depends. Like I have athletes that we will do a heavier weight class for local, but we'll push to the lower one for worlds and euros. and, mm. and Again, depending on the difference between the weight classes. With the women, there's not a lot. Like if you jumped in at middle or middle heavy, strength-wise discrepancy and stuff, it's not. So like maybe with some men, I would want them in the correct weight class to feel what those bodies feel like. Yep. But in the female weight classes, I think you'd have to jump up two or three weight classes to have very different. So, you know, if you went from rooster to middle, there'd be a lot longer limbs to deal with. And so, you know, so mm. you'd, but I think mostly, yeah. yeah. Think about that. Cool. yeah. So. It's the same sort of thing we talk about with some of the guys that we deal with in the sense that 
there again we all know we're both in the same wavelength there's always this aspiration that everyone needs to be lighter all the time yeah light right? is better yeah light is better it doesn't need to be like that and i think obviously we're, we're slowly i'm getting more attracted more and more people i right? listen to the podcast yeah i don't don't cut the way anymore great, like, great. wicked cool yeah. um if you're one of them awesome keep mm. doing it keep listening um the idea being is that within certain thresholds so if you look at styles let's say at light heavyweight heavy ultra right yeah. or super heavy most of the styles of the gameplay are going to be take down, smash, yeah. pass, get to mount, do something. Yeah. And the idea being as soon as you get past medium heavy is when you start to get different styles appear all of a sudden. Now, I appreciate some outliers who are heavyweights and leg lock heavy and yes, all this type of yes, stuff, yeah, right, yeah, which yeah. is fine. But it's where people have these aspirations that then kind of get into that threshold of then saying, you've now got a really fast opponent in front of you who is happy to pull guard instantaneously and if you've trained for a period of time for this type of culture of like heavies for example mm -hmm. you're telling me you're going to switch your whole game to and be this, ready to react to and that and be ready to react yeah. to it now don't get me wrong in your mind you may think oh great absolutely this is easier this is what i'm going to do but now all of a sudden you're much more afraid mm. like your strength should still be there if you've got some good snc and stuff but it's yeah. never going to be as superior as like you being an ultra type thing mm -hmm. um you need to think this more than just i'm going to be the biggest guy in the room because yeah. you're going to have a very rude awakening all of a sudden that going, oh, wow, I've just been absolutely smashed to paint pieces by someone who's like technically 20 kilograms lighter than when I first started type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I always remind people as well is if you're doing well in the competition, every fight is going to be harder. So as you progress through the day, your, your next fight's harder, your next fight's harder. So if you've had to glycogen deplete, manipulate your water, you'll survive the first match. But by the time you get to the final, compound interest. if that yeah. guy has not cut weight he's beaten you even you know because and especially as you get up through the belts the technique is they're they're tit for tat like they're, yeah. they're the difference obviously in white belt it's like the wild west and some blue belts like the wild west but <laughs> as the belts go up the skill levels are similar enough yeah and for me the nutrition is the kind of low-hanging fruit that people don't take is just getting that right and then being on top of that because like i see a lot of now more so with day before weigh-in type sports i see a lot of people they just focus on the making weight they make weight they think they've won and then there's a panic that Jesus Christ I have to fight tomorrow you know and they, they haven't done any visualisation of the fight all they've been visualising is burgers and pizzas for the last 10 weeks you know and it's just like and I've, I used to see it when I competed in boxing um, the National Boxing Stadium in Ireland boxing is kind of it's well behind with nutrition science and stuff and I'd be weighing in and I'd be looking around and there'd be people having like breakfast rolls and LucasAid after they've weighed in and stuff and I'm just like God, just, just seeing these terrible decisions yeah. and then they got to fight. Um, and then these are like also now boxing and the worst type of weigh-in that I've had to do is multi-day weigh-in. So you'd like weigh-in in the morning, fight, win, great, you're true to tomorrow, you weigh-in again tomorrow. So there's oh, no room God. for, and as again, as the week goes on, so now you've had, like I had, I boxed in the Harringay Box Cup, I don't know if you've heard of that, it's in over here obviously. Yeah. Um, but I got to the final, I had five bloody weigh-ins that week and every oh, weigh-in just got harder and harder. And that was, that was one of the times that I really, I came home and I had taken, in the space of 12 weeks, I had had three kickboxing fights and I had that, and I was messing with my weight at that time. Like I was trying to box at 57. I was walking around about 65. Um, so I was boxing in the morning, winning the fight, having a big lunch and then starting my weight cut. 
And I don't know what it is in the UK, but they do not like to let you into gyms to use their sauna without taking £30 off you. Like, no, in Ireland, you can just yeah, go in great. and pay you five or something. So all these gyms are like, no, you have to buy a month's membership. And I was like, oh my God. I need... So I didn't have a bath. I didn't have a sauna. So I was like running around a park with like, everyone's clothes on me in the evening. Yeah. Way in next morning, fight, do the whole thing again, you know. I do wonder, have you got the biggest fear that I have, right? Which is nutritionist doesn't make weight. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and I absolutely. see, I literally, it's the, it's the newspaper article oh like, or social media, nutritionist doesn't make no, weight. Oh God, I know, it's so worse. Because if, if, if client doesn't make weight, you're like, they obviously didn't do what I asked. Yeah, it's fine. yeah you don't have as much problem with it. <laughs> it's like when no. you brush your hands, responsibility. Like My last MMA fight was one of those. And I actually, as it transpired, I didn't know I was on the pill, but I was pregnant. Okay. Right, so I was doing my weight cut and I was, it was just, everything was perfect. And then I, we were doing the water, like the dehydration element in the baths. And I was just like, what is going on? And then I was, Ashling Daly was doing it with me and Austin, my husband. And I got out of the bath at one stage and <laughs> she was like, how are you? You're so lean, but your boobs are still huge. <laughs> right? And then I was like, I know, they normally disappear when I'm this lean. And then like made weight, won the fight. And then it was about three weeks later, I was like, I didn't get it. Because I don't know if you know, when you're on a pill, there's like 21 days and then there's a seven day break. And then, so the period doesn't come in that seven day break, the period, the break you bleed. Um, you start the new pack. So it's not going to come then anyway, because mm. the, the hormones are gone. Um, so it was like, I got to the next, the end of the next pack. And I was like, Jesus Christ, actually, I never got a bleed. Uh, you know, and then uh, I sent Austin and he was like, sure, you couldn't be pregnant. I was like, no, definitely couldn't be pregnant. And then like the next morning I vomited when I woke up and I was like, Need to take a test, and then I was pregnant with my son. <laughs> so, cool but like, Austin, this, by the way, you were well, no, but this is the, the running joke in our house because Austin's only ever done uh, jujitsu. He's a brown belt in jujitsu. He's like nice. very successful competitor. I have a black belt in kickboxing, and I have a purple belt. But I, I have had MMA fights and stuff, so I'm like, I'm the only real fighter in the house. And then, <laughs> <laughs> like, if this fight was in a chipper, I'd beat you, you know. Um, but I always say to him, even Bodie, Bodie's one and zero in MMA, and you haven't even had an MMA fight. You know? I love it. <laughs> wow. it's, what's that real? It's where it's like you see, um, uh, you see like a woman doing the punch bag thing, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> she goes it's, and it's cracks the, it, and you see the guy doing the dishes and yeah, it's, 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 it's like it's the lady in the, in the yeah. hijab, isn't it? She punches out her score, gets about nine hundred. The next thing is her husband laying back in the floor and doing the. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, yeah, our son has just started jiu-jitsu. It's actually so funny, and because because I taught kickboxing for years, I've seen a lot of kids been thrown into martial art age mm. four by their parents too much pressure on it and by they're amazing but at age six they never do it again so we left it and I was like when he asks we will bring him so he's only started in the last month but he's a bit obsessed with belts now but I cannot help myself because I'm just like because Austin obviously the belt ahead of me in jiu-jitsu but I'm like but I have a black belt in kickboxing so so Bodhi's like and so I said something like he came out of the class and he was like oh I think I'm getting better and I was like I was like you get better every class I was like I'm still getting better every time I train your dad's still getting better and we were having that type of a conversation I was like that's the beauty of jujitsu the better you get the more you realize that you know nothing and he was like yeah I suppose you know you it's it makes sense that dad's better than you because he's a higher belt and I was like in jujitsu <laughs> <laughs> and he was like what yeah. and I was like you know I have a black belt and he was like yeah, and I was like in kickboxing, so, so you let dad know I'm the only black belt in the house. He's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's the way you got to do it. You see, it's funny because, um, yeah, fuck you. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because we have this ongoing thing um, where I only have a default bronze medal, nothing else. <laughs> but I came home, my six year old was like, oh, you got a medal? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, I won it. Cute. I was like, oh, that's amazing. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, pretty good in it and I hang out my wall and I go what a fucking disgrace oh, but for your son though and do you know what I, 
like obviously de- I, with people posting on Instagram about default brands it breaks my heart like there's a few people that would do a whole photo shoot with their defaults and like sometimes I'll get petty with it and I'll be in on the the system to check that yeah, they win like, any oh. matches and I'm like oh yeah, going to um, you didn't get that yeah but the other side of it is you showed up and you fought and like there's how many people train that don't do that and you can only fight the persons in front of you it's the same when people are like oh I got gold but there was only one person at my division it's like yeah so you won your division so yeah. like there has to be yeah. an element of pride in that like Obviously, don't be boasting about your default bronze on Instagram, but to your little six-year-old, yeah. you put yourself in the position where you trained for a competition and you went and you competed, you lost. Sure, uh, yeah. You know, he doesn't yeah. need to know. I, I think it's... I can't remember who I was talking to now. Uh, I think it was Joe, double O Joe, Joe Bichette. Mm. And um, I said to him, like, oh, mate, the only medal I've got is a default bronze. But yeah, but that's still better than the person sitting on the safe room. 100%, compete. yeah. And I was just like, yeah. Like, I've, I didn't get into jiu-jitsu for, like, the competitions or the, or the belts or anything. You did. You were going to try and trouble Gordon. <laughs> I did, yeah. Um, I just got into it because at the time I was really depressed and I wanted to do something to Amazing. lose a bit of weight and I hated the gym. It was boring. Yeah. Um, I liked lifting weights but I didn't like people sat inside the squat rack doing curls and I'm like, oh my fucking God, please. Yeah, let me squat. Uh, sat on the phone scrolling having a phone conversation. Yeah. I was like, it's stupid. So I used to do karate years ago. Um, what belt did you get? I don't remember the kind of belts. No, I think I got third belt I'm from brown white. Belt. I'm not brown belt. Are you? Are you? I don't think you are. I'm the highest belt on the table here. <laughs> no, I have a tr- third degree black belt oh, in kickboxing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll do some point fighting in it if you yeah. want to see how you get all the right. It's fine. I don't know. I got third from white, so I don't even know what that would be. Uh, I think it goes, does it go orange, green, purple, or, or blue? Or yellow. Possibly. Yellow, yeah. It's yellow. It Maybe, yellow so... Yeah. I actually, I think it goes yellow, orange, green in karate. So. But the difference is, obviously, in karate, you just do katas, mm. and then you get your belt. Yeah, yeah. So it's not it really the thing. And what I got bored of karate is that it's too uh, static. Mm. This person has to be in a specific stance, and you have to be doing something specific yeah. to combat that, and then you get your belt. And mm-hmm. I was like, to get you know, golf club. Not stable enough. Oh, really? Like, yeah. And I was just like, not I found jiu-jitsu, and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but how good that you had the you had the self awareness to be like I'm miserable, I'm a bit depressed, I want to lose yeah, weight, well, I, I need to find something that I can stick to. I did the whole take tablets thing, uh, didn't get on with it at all, didn't leave the house for six months, and just decided uh, enough's enough. Something's I need to gotta go give. Do something. um, Amazing, fair play. To I watch UFC. Oh, I could fucking do that. That's basically <laughs> what it was. Um, and I, I think we've mentioned this story a couple of times. I think the most eye-opening things to jiu-jitsu I was like oh this is okay you know I'm quite stocky this is this is all right I've got mm. a good weight on me so people can't grab me but I then went to an open mat uninvited as a no-stripe white belt by my blue belt friend at the time who then got the blue belt blues and has never been seen since that was eight years ago now oh wow uh, yeah rest in peace um, <laughs> and I basically got put into neon belly by Rod who is one of our black belts for probably about five minutes and then he let me up and he was like next time open that you uh wait till you're asked i was like okay because i didn't know but um, i was so frustrated i walked outside and i was nearly in tears yeah. how angry i was i was like i can't believe i basically just got bullied yeah, yeah. i'm like 20 what's going on it's ridiculous amazing and then like crocker said at that point i thought about it, i went i can either grab my gym bag and fuck off home and never come back and go not do that again bullshit or i can go Hmm. actually there's something in this someone who's lighter than I am just pinned me to the floor and I couldn't move wasn't in the gi uh, no it was in the gi 
And I was astounded. I was like, it's weird. And I came back. Yeah, yeah. Spin around, take over. Gosh. I think it, it depends. Like I said, you've got, you've got the right mindset for jiu-jitsu. You've got, you can't fear failure. I think that's the biggest thing. And there's different levels of fearing that failure, I think, in the sense that... And have some humility. Humility. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, we both said about biggest failure of nutrition just doesn't make way, right? <laughs> yes, Very yes. important for that one. But it's like when you start doing the competition class and stuff like this, where I definitely remember one of uh, my, my traps at the moment. Like, I've been subbed about 20 minutes like 20 times in yeah. 20 minutes you turn and said Jay I don't know how you're getting subs so quickly I've had longer wanks than the time you're getting subs <laughs> type of stuff. and I was like I can tell you exactly cheers who that, that. Oh, I was just like right <laughs> oh, okay yeah. and the thing is is that my way is looking at it is one being the bigger guy in the room most of the other guys are smaller than me I'm yeah. like cool I'm going to give them I'm not trying to use this as an excuse but I'm going to give them more opportunities because I move my arm up like that they've got way more of a gap to get into the correct correct yeah, space yeah, like, compared to them lame. being smaller so the way I look at it is if I can keep my game tight enough for them then when it comes to a bigger person, all of a sudden I'm used to the more technical, speedier person. Mm -hmm. This is just going to be a walk in the park. Yeah. All I've got to do is make sure that the basic attributes of obviously what I've got to keep up there being, I don't know, a bit more top heavy wrestling, all that type of stuff, which I can go and work with in my own time and find yeah. the right people for, then it's only going to be better for it. But I think if you're going to start jiu-jitsu or in jiu-jitsu and you're not happy to fail, you need yeah. to get that like mindset check. It'll be taken quickly. from you, yeah. yeah it's not pro boxing where you need to protect that O at yeah, all cost type thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, and especially there's an element to even say this within the boxing community is that the numbers that they get to in terms of like, let's take some of the Mexicans who are mm. like 233 and all yeah. this type of stuff. It's like, yeah. out of those fights, who are they actually I know, fighting? well that's the problem is that nobody respects the records anymore because they realize that they've been, they've been given good good opportunities and there is an element of protecting someone starting out like if you know Dana White's a fecker for throwing people in the UFC you know he doesn't do the matchmaking but giving them their first UFC fight and it's like it's an uphill battle they shouldn't be matched with that person for their first fight let them you know but you want to match fights for entertainment and stuff but yeah. the the humility and the losing like if you can't like we used to we Fionn used to live with us and well not live with me but she used to live in Dublin train with us and my goal rolling with her was if I was tapped, she tapped me less than once per minute in the round, I was winning. <laughs> you know? So like if it was a six minute round yeah. and she tapped me only four times, I was like, yes! <laughs> I, I broke with Fionn once at a ADCC uh, heavyweight camp and I just couldn't believe how easy it was. It was just like, she just picked me up and just put me on the floor. I was like, okay, I'm done. I was about to say, can we just have a feeling for that moment? No, 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 how no, easy no, it was no, to roll no, with Fionn? Yeah, to put it in contact, she knee cut past me. Did she? Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough. Funnily was, enough, that yeah. basic move. Yeah. Um, but that's because we laugh then when you see people like, oh, Fionn has a match coming up and I think this girl's good, I think this girl. And we're just like, until you've actually felt yeah. her, you've no clue what you're Her in for. pressure is unbelievable. No clue. For someone who's, I say it's light. Well, no, it's technically she's light. Was she fighting now? She kind of walks around 70? in around 60. Yeah. No, 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 she's, she's quite she's small. She's yeah. short, so yeah. she's quite light, considering I'm like 82 kilos, like yeah. 60. She feels like she weighs 100, like she feels like she weighs 100 kilos. Do you know who a nutritionist is? Because she's just popped out with the blue. I've never heard of her before. She, um, Amanda knows her, I yeah, don't know. I, she's the wife of... Of uh, Samir Chantre from uh, Aris Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, um, so, okay. Um, okay. No, just again, when she called it out, I was like, oh, wicked, yeah, another yeah. nutritionist. Like, yeah, yeah, and she has a big following as well. Yeah, and I was just she like... based in Brazil, Amanda, or is she No, no, London? so they live in um, Modesto, next to San Francisco, about oh, two hours from there. Um, and she, I knew her when she was studying, so that was about, um, that was in 2016, I think, yeah. or eight, mm -hmm. 18, I can't remember. Um, and yeah, slowly she's, she's like... 
again, I'm, I'm, I'm sure as you're aware, like when you mm. go through social media and you're all focused on that one niche type of thing, you see yeah. names pop up type thing. Yeah, yeah, sudden, it's very interesting. Not seen at all. And then all of a sudden there's the shout, I was like, she does Fionn's boyfriend's nutrition, I think. That's yeah, where the connection yeah, was. Yeah, okay. Gabriel? Yeah, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We saw him at Rapper Fest recently, so we've yeah. seen him. Yeah. We, we speak to Damien, actually, uh, but then speak to Gabriel. Yeah. But then Damien the interesting thing is with Fionn as well is I know that she said previously when she was training under Dara that she was struggling to hit weight at a point. Mm. Um, so now that she's kind of got that dialed, her performance I think she. I don't know if she'll probably won't mind me saying this, but she came from that judo background with, yeah. like we spoke about earlier. She's been cutting weights since she was a child. Yeah. She had a lot of, um, so I think what's happened now is she's set herself up in a lovely place. She's happy, she's comfortable, and she's, she's, she's professional, but she's, she's always been a professional with her training and her yeah. lifting, but now she's yeah. taken that professionalism yeah. to her she's, nutrition. She's always competed. It's like, she's always been someone that I've been aware of on the radar because mm. there's not many... What's the word? I guess high profile, you'd say like female mm, black yeah. belts mm -hmm. from the UK. There is quite yeah. a few now, I think, but back when I started like seven, eight years ago, it was yeah. few mm. and far between. You've got like obviously Vanessa English and Ashley mm. Bandle and people like that now. And if I am messing, I'm really sorry. Um, but like, you know, it's getting to a level now where they're getting so much more press and social media and everything else that people are like, oh, they're really cool. It's like, yeah, but you should see the match when they were a brown belt. Yeah. And they had like the dog in them to win the championship. Like it was unbelievable, yeah. especially yeah. Fionn. Mm -hmm. When she won uh, worlds before she got her black belt, pfft, her performance yeah. was unreal. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah. I do remember a point I wanted to make. I actually remember. I can't remember for the life of me. What was it? Uh, I was going to bug the shit out of me. Was it? There was a point I was going to say. It was something we were talking about Fionn, and it was about. Nutritionist. Nutritionist, and I was like, ah. Oh, okay, when you see someone this. in the industry getting excited about. That was it, because we talked about this earlier before we started about me and you have both said that we've spoken to people quite high up in, I don't know, the jiu-jitsu world, mm. worlds, ADCC, whatever you want to call it type of thing. And you speak to them and you figure out what they're, not say figure out, you find out what they're doing and yeah. you're like, please tell me this is a joke. I know. And you're like, and my view is obviously shit rolls downhill in the sense that if you're doing this, right, majority of you guys are going to have a school or going to be teaching classes yes. or something like this yeah. and what they're going to go to mm -hmm. oh he's the guy who does ADCC or he goes to the world yeah. he knows what he's doing mm -hmm. and then from there it kind of keeps trickling down yeah. and so it's then saying right if the guys at the top and the girls at the top are doing this yeah. what on earth is everyone else doing and then when I look at those guys and what they're achieving on anti-nutritious diets I'm just like can you imagine if well, we if we like... fueled you correctly yep. you'd be taking limbs home you know you say, if you saying Bolt didn't have chicken nuggets before he yeah, raced every time like you know yeah, what the, 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 the hundred meter record in five seconds <laughs> again Mikey Musumeshi I just I think that anything I just want to know is how much activity he's doing because he's, that, that, that's the missing piece it will catch up with him eventually he's yeah, a young lad he's yeah, but mm. it, that, that's the kind of piece missing metric that we don't know because obviously there's yeah. some people who go and say, I went and trained, for example. I'm like, did you train or did you teach a class? Like, it's a big yes, considerable difference. Yes, yes. Was this training where you were just holding white belts in certain positions because they were just being spazzy or was this comp class and you were yeah. out your asshole type of thing, dying for 90 minutes type stuff? Yeah. Um, but that's the key myth bit because obviously we see the images, we see him make weight, we yeah. see the foods that he eats and he talks about briefly, obviously, we're very good about fasting and coffee and all this type of yeah. stuff. And I'm like, 
we're just missing one key data and then it'll make sense type yeah. of thing and I know or hopefully he's not like the influencers that are like oh I'm having a pizza and they just take the photo and then don't eat the food <laughs> even know? my protein powder which I have yeah. like five times a day yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and then they're just having a, a, a yeah, yeah, yeah no. you're seeing when they hang the monster can it's like that shit's empty yeah it's yeah, yeah. It's like, he's yeah, been holding mind, it upside down for the whole thing monster I'm still after your sponsorship but that thing about the elite level athletes so what I used to do is again because the imposter syndrome that I've put to bed this year but um, I used to be thinking they, 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 they probably know more than me kind of thing and mm. my big eye opener for that was UFC Dublin in 2015 so you had like all of the Irish were on it except for Connor. so you had your Paddy Hula and your Ash and Daly and I was working with Ash Carl Prenders was there and I was just like looking around at all the fights so even the, the pre-weigh-in um, chat like Dana White brings everybody in talks about like, the schedule blah blah so the coaches and the fighters will go in and it was like, oh, just biscuits and cakes. And all the fighters that I knew were weighing in tomorrow were just like picking up biscuits and cakes and stuff. And I was just like, this is... And then like just seeing all of the... Like, the in, we were staying in the hotel, they were going for breakfast. And I was just like... Because you know, in your head, you're like, that this is the UFC. Yeah. And then you're looking at people and they don't have a clue. And you're just yeah. like, whoa. Like, the, it's amazing what people can achieve with little knowledge. And Well, I can say on a positive note, I have spoken to some people before and then you're, because you're so used to the opposite, everything's yes, really bad, yes, and yes. you're like, I think I had that when I spoke to Ashley Bendel and mm. Drake, and I was like, uh, and from what I understand, Chris Rees, obviously, who runs everything there, has done loads of different people, there were some wicked people, and yeah. obviously shout out to Aidan, we're trying to get him on here at some point as well, um, and it's like, oh, that's actually a real breath of fresh air, that it's yeah. like, oh, you are right about this, you are yeah. right about like fibre reduction on the fight week and that stuff, and stuff yeah. and like all these different things to try and help with it, and it's like, oh, that's cool. And like, okay, cool. I kind of, I want to say I respect yeah. them even more, but I'm like... Same, oh, you know, I do. Well, like when I have a consultation with someone and they generally have their food dialed in, I'm just like, and they have a job and they're training and I'm just like... Respect. Fair well, play to you. Yeah. Really. And they'd be like, I've read this. And, and sometimes they think they're annoying me. They're like, oh, well, I read this. So what do you think about this? And I'm just like, I love questions because questions mean you're really taking on board what I'm saying. And um, the, my favourite type of people to help are the people that are really trying to do good but they're just looking in the wrong place and if you mm. just point their camera a little bit to the left say, they nail it. When, let's say if we have um, some transformation or some sort where someone's moved from like ultra down to medium heavy or something yeah. else, there's obviously some great physical changes, but there's an emphasis obviously on performance as well for mm -hmm. the whole thing. People are like, great work, Jay. And I'm like, nah, credit goes to the client. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. feed him. Yeah, right? yeah, I didn't yeah, cook for yeah, him. Yeah. I didn't go and make him move. I didn't yeah. do anything. Else. He just followed the instructions. Type yeah. thing. And like I said, I can't, I can take a percentage of it or a little bit of it. Yeah. The majority goes to the client. They put the work in. If they didn't do those things, I asked, I said, everyone, look, you can start working with me. Right, I've got yeah. no issue with the slightest bit. But if you choose to sit on the sofa and eat crisps all day and just ignore everything <laughs> I asked you to do, yeah. I can't help you. Yes, yeah, people I say that as a PT, people think because they've paid me for 10 sessions, they should have lost a stone. I'm <laughs> just like, well, you, all you've done, money's part of the hand, but you haven't done any work yet. Yeah. Yeah. PTs um, are redundant. Yeah. I even have a fucking PT qualification. That's how laughable it is. God, that's, that's like when you're asking you like an unpopular jiu-jitsu opinion. That yeah. is. That's a big statement. Um, oh, yeah, well, this is, here's a question for you. Oh. You know, you get people who go to the gym and they, they're a PT and the advice they give is bullshit. They don't even know how to explain an exercise. It's an industry in itself. The, the certificates is, you can buy, yeah. it's the quality of the certificate, yeah. I guess. My, you know. my thing was, I said this to Jake, when I was doing it, I wanted to make sure that I was going to a gym that was reps associated, so I knew that reps was like the big, well, I'm not saying the big, it's like one of the most recognised places that people could be like, oh yeah, I know what reps is, you know, people can, I guess if you're in the industry, you'll know what reps is. Um, but 
I guess if you walk into Pure Gym, and I'm not trying to shit on Pure Gym, just an example, you, the caliber of PT compared to it depends. It de- I'm, I'm going to chip in there and Go say at Pure Gym have got some very good structure now in the sense of how they try and get their PTs to come through. They even give them business advice on how to mm. manage stuff, how to go online, all this type of stuff, right? It's still based on the individual giving a simple shit about what they're doing, yeah. Yeah. right? I've had clients before who I've had to kind of say, like, you need to sack your PT off right now. He's giving you more grief and basically mm. bullying you mm. into doing stuff, right? And it's like, okay, this is not going to be beneficial for you in the long run. Yeah. And I think this is all down because he's trying to treat you like a bodybuilder. Yeah. I had recently, I very, I, when people are paying me for nutrition, I don't touch any, even though like I'm, I'm a strength and conditioning coach, you know, I'm like, I'm running a gym. I'm still in the thick of it. I don't step on toes. I'm like, you've paid me for your nutrition. But recently I had a client who had hypothalamic amenorrhea. She lost her period. And we made a deal that she would do world and then she would give me the summer where she would we would try to get her period back so i was like no dieting really like i tried no training but she was having a panic attack so it was like really dial down the training whatever she works with a pt and she came on and called me she's like i just want to check with you he says hit training helps hormones oh, and God. i was like, and i had to be like i was like i know i was furious and i generally don't touch stuff like that like you'll have You'll see people doing a, like sports-specific strength and conditioning, and they'll have someone doing like a, a hop on a bozu ball or some shy thing, and it's like jujitsu-specific. I don't touch that stuff; it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but this, I was like, I have, to, I have to go in on this. I was like, that is. Tell me you visited this guy. Absolutely, no, I couldn't. He was he's in a different country, <laughs> but I was like, this is categorically incorrect. Like, hit training is so stressful on your body. You have lost your period because your body is in a state of stress. I have one like, word for this person, but just cunt. <laughs> I, mean, I just said to her, I was like, will you just please, because I was, I was trying to be diplomatic and I was like, would you just please ask him what studies he's referring to and uh, let me know because maybe I've missed some, but I'm pretty confident I haven't missed them in the literature and he's entirely <laughs> That's incorrect. That's the professional's response. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was what goes through my mind at the time before I probably say something along the similar lines. But. And then she was like, a friend, she was like, I kind of felt like you were right. And then she was, she was good because she has a great relationship and he's been a great coach to her, but she's there like, Fuck, this guy just doesn't he, yeah. he didn't have my best interest at her. or couldn't my worst type person is a person that can't admit they don't know something like just nobody has to be a specialist this in everything if and you just think like, you know something everything yeah. you've got to just play. like I'm sure you've been put in positions before similar yeah. to myself where I'm not aware right we still can't remember the word for the blinking yeah, the, the, process, yeah. Right? Be like, I will get back to you and I'll, I'll let you know yeah I'm right? like I don't know let me look into it, let like, me look into it. You know? and these are quite a positive message that you should hear when looking to invest your time into an SNC person yeah. PT nutritionist mm-hmm. dietitian whatever it may be if people come so, in with injuries and they, I'm like I mean, I'm not a physio I can give you an educated <laughs> guess on this injury but I'm not a physio you know yeah. but what I wanted to ask you was to get back to this is this is I I wonder is it me being cranky or is this your feeling too but oftentimes when people ask me for recipes I'm like I'm not a chef <laughs> <laughs> I can let you know the components of a good plate and the meal and yeah. what's a good example of a good say fast acting carb but when people are like and do you have any like recipe for that I'm just like no <laughs> I'll, do you, I'll do you a solid one I'll send you I've got about 500 plus recipes oh, yeah. <laughs> which I haven't made I'll openly yeah. admit that obviously there's a service out there that obviously help generate them yeah, just yeah, macros yeah. all that type of stuff yeah. make it all nice and oh, well, I have like high protein cookbooks and stuff like that for people and like handouts but, but like the issue being with a lot of people is they have this idea that I just need ideas to cook and I said yeah. 
that's great because you are thinking about this on a Monday evening after you've just picked up the kids, gone to jits, and like, oh, what should I cook now? Right? Yeah. And you'll look at the recipe and you'll look at the 10 ingredients and go, well, I haven't got that, 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 that. Oh, I can't be bothered. It's going to get a takeaway. Yeah, yeah. Right? You need to, again, you need to put yourself in a difficult situation, right? a challenging situation, and say, right, I've got more time this Saturday evening mm-hmm. to go and cook a meal where I've got loads more free time and I'm going to try something completely new. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look at this recipe. Oh, I haven't got it. Oh, I'm going to pop to the shop quickly. Go and do it. it. And then go and do it from there. Yeah. yeah. Not try and cram it in on a Monday evening. Yeah. And it comes back to this confidence thing about, and again, I'm very much aware, and I'm sure you are as well, in the sense of like, People's cooking skills have been going downhill oh, yeah. drastically, <laughs> Largely, right? Yeah, yeah. Really bad. And then when we've got the ability, obviously, obviously, different sort of services like Uber Eats, Deliveroo, all yeah. this type of stuff, where it makes it even easier not to cook, right? <laughs> is this whole thing is technology making us Lazy. again tempting hat? Is the government giving the technology to make us more unhealthy to then give us pills and all this type of stuff? Well, getting into that discussion, but the idea being is that the recipes is not the problem, right? Is that you need more confidence in your cooking ability mm-hmm. and you need time to obviously practice these things because if you want to cook this meal and put it into your meal prep the picture looks fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. we all love a good picture on instagram or anything yeah. like that right <laughs> but then to put it into practice day in day mm-hmm. out day in day out when takes, life is happening around you exactly yeah. you're going to have to take some extra time to go above and beyond and then mm-hmm. go and do it it's exactly the same thing and this is probably a frustration that i have quite honestly is that people will look at their training program or will go I'm obsessed with my training, I need to do this and I do this. How about you just, I don't know, maybe log your food a little bit? <laughs> oh, I haven't got time for that. Yeah. It's just like, if you had the same passion as what you had for your yeah. training, you'd probably see more results from the nutrition aspect mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden give that emphasis and energy towards mm-hmm. it. And then from there, it's the same thing with the recipes. It's like, give the energy, give the passion. You're going to have to go a little bit above and beyond your archers to yeah. do that. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck in the same room. Yeah, yeah. Um, or my favourite people are like, I am... Um, I'd, I'd like to uh, work with you, but I don't have any time for meal prep. And I'm just like, <laughs> so, so do you think by working me, with me, I'm, I'm going to deliver your meals? Or like, what, like exactly. what, what's yeah. happening here? Like, you have, to, how do you eat? Like, like do you know, and it's, obviously there's that, that bodybuilder idea that people think they're going to be eating tup- out of Tupperware six meals a day, you know, that yeah. kind of old bodybuilder situation. And I'm like, no, I'm not asking you to eat out of Tupperware, but you're going to have to put some forethought into your nutrition if you want to improve your nutrition. And yeah, it's definitely yeah. going to involve cooking. Like, I kind of generally am quite straight with people. I'm like, can you just please act like an adult with your food? Like, you, <laughs> you, you have to cook. Yeah, like, you have to cook. Yeah, how yeah. else are you going to eat? Yeah, you know? yeah. it's, there's only so much you can do. And I appreciate yeah. it. different environments with certain things. And I'm very much aware that, I don't know, some London clientele, for example, will... I don't know what it is about people living in London, you're about eating out three, four times a week is pretty yeah. much the standard type yeah. of thing. But you've got to be prepared also to do this. And if you're in a position to obviously go and hire a chef, yes, go do it. I'm yeah. not going to I'd love to. Like, I'd love to be in that position. It, yeah. And it's likewise when it comes to food requirements, the few following days leading up obviously to weigh-in type of thing. Yes. It may seem a little bit bland and boring in places, mm-hmm. but this is to manipulate your weight a little yes, bit Yes, a means more, to an end. Right? Yeah, and yeah. so, don't get me wrong, when you see, I don't know, the UFC fighters making weigh-in, they're like, oh, here's a little cake that we've made out of like peanuts, avocado and something like this. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know how to make that. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I don't know how to make that. I've got nothing, unless you're yeah. a real good cook or something like this to yeah. do that. Unfortunately, we're going to probably have to singleize these three yeah. groups for you. Like, you yeah. them individually. If, like, if you want me to come and do your UFC belt camp and you're going to pay me enough, I'll hire a chef and bring him. Yeah, exactly. And I will tell him, don't use this spice, don't you? You're whatever, you know, yeah, like, yeah, like exactly. um, Jordan has uh, Chef Mario travels with him now yeah. to the UFC for the camp. It's amazing. So the lads are like that, lapping it up. To be honest. And a happy fighter is a, is, is a winning yeah. fighter, which is great. But 
these are the guys at the very top level. This is not the Bristol Open Jiu-Jitsu competition at the weekend. No. You know? <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I think just to add on that, Jordan pays, well, gets, well, charges a, <laughs> a premium for that service yeah. at the end of the day. It's not as if this is going to be like a Weight Watchers Academy of £20 a month type stuff in the day. Fat so, yeah. Fat Trev, uh, shout out Fat Trev. Fat Trev. Um, right, guys, I'm conscious of the times so we have got a dash into London, yeah. so we're just going to do some quick fire questions oh, quickly okay. for the pair of you. Okay, so first one's going to be all right, all, all right. <laughs> you got your gold at hands. You. <laughs> what was the post comp meal? Uh, I can't remember, but probably sushi. I always go for sushi. Sushi? Yeah. I think it was sushi only because her. Uh, Amanda's fiance Sean sent me a video of her <laughs> crying her eyes out <laughs> eating sushi. Because <laughs> 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 we were always slagging over the crybaby situation. Uh, <laughs> what have you got? Post comp meal? What are you going for? I for me, a sushi is one of my favourites as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, sushi, or I actually love a burger, like a big meaty quarter pounder situation. Where from? That's a big question. What are we talking? Oh, like I would like it to be from a gourmet restaurant, but if, <laughs> if you were picking a fast food place, it would be like Five Guys. Five Guys Burger. Yeah. Cool, love that, that's fine. Uh, next question we've been asking, which came from uh, a previous guest question, which we've not kept as a staple one, right? Which is, which failure do you cherish the most? Oh, that is a beautiful question. Don't worry, everyone goes quiet for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Or some people have like literally instantly like. Imagine they start crying my eyes out. I've realised how many times I failed now. <laughs> exactly. You've <laughs> made me fail so much. <laughs> I should have been a lawyer the whole time. Well, you see, I would say my, my first career, but it wasn't a failure, it was a step away. Um, Yeah, to, to be honest, like I couldn't pinpoint one. All of them are just like you learn so much. It's cliche to say yeah. that you learn from yeah. from every I, failure. Like, but there's definitely, I've definitely had. But the problem is, is it's the mindset shift. So I don't. I've been very positive, so I don't look at things like failures. I always, you know. So, it's again another time. I was doing a podcast a few weeks ago, and I was asked who my hero was, and I don't like to hero worship. So I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have a hero. Oh my god, just trying to phrase it in my mind. Talking about post comp meals, I don't want to label it as a cheat meal because there's no such thing. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. We will look forward to something. I know, afterwards. but every, like it's the universal word everybody knows. Oh, yeah. Failures, uh, failures. Like I guess I'm grateful that my last long-term relationship failed, and then I met Austin. That's well, <laughs> one. That's fine. I'm like, he's. He's all right, you know. <laughs> Got a few kids out of him. Uh, Great. <laughs> what's an unpopular jiu-jitsu opinion that you have? Uh, unpopular jiu-jitsu opinion is uh, that pulling guards is gay. I love that. That's exactly what he does. That's great. I've got a bad ankle at the moment. Leave oh. me be. Leave that alone. Um, cool. That's fine. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can't follow that. That's pretty good. <laughs> Um, okay, and then I think we had one from Ricky Bellingham, which I'm trying to remember off the top of my head now because it's on my phone. I can get it. It was similar to our normal question, so I was like, oh, we need to adjust this slightly. I've managed to anger all of the people that pull guard and. Which is all of our gym. Uh, <laughs> she's coming for you all. She's always right. She's resting up. Sorry, it's just gassing about Josh and um, Yeah, it is just gassing about Josh. Um, Ricky's question was the biggest regret, biggest regret, biggest <laughs> regret, sorry, that was my fucking awful mouth. 
biggest regret in BJJ, or if there's no regrets, what's the biggest lesson you've taken from it so far? The biggest lesson is just the ego situation that, like, you know, not... So, because when I started Jiu-Jitsu, I was athletic and fit and strong. So I was getting, I was doing okay against other white belts that were not all of the above. And then you get the, you know, someone that's way lighter than you, but just better, and they put you in your place. So it's the ego situation. Yeah. That's exactly what Ricky said. Ricky said he came in from CrossFit, was like, been in the army, yeah. walking through white belts, got put with blue belt. He was like, oh no, yeah. oh no, it's yeah, like yeah. embarrassing. He said, like, it's just. No, it hasn't changed my attitude. I still roll like that dickhead. That's just like I'm strong. <laughs> but still, it's like. But now I'm less offended when that doesn't work for me. Um, I think definitely cutting weight uh, stupidly and just binge eating on. 24 donuts after finishing. Uh, oh, I didn't know it was bad. Yeah. What are we always talking about? <laughs> 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 Shane Curtis will say that eating donuts is a great thing to do. <laughs> 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 he has this thing where is it every training he does? Majority of training sessions. Every single training session. Go out and get two Greg's donuts and eat them then and there. Yeah, I still get, like, I get I get messages from his coach, Paul, and he's like, why are you making him eat donuts? I'm not making him eat anything. Like, <laughs> I'm, not even pray, like, I'm not delivering them to his door. Like, yeah. He wants to eat them and we can make it work. Yeah. It's fine. It's, it's just the, the arrogance of thinking that because it worked once, it's going to work all the time mm -hmm. and you'll yeah. be able to, to do it. Exactly. And I think it's the intent behind the donuts. If you're feeling mentally stable and having a donut, have at it. If you're binging on a donut and it's an assess, it's an it's based on having restricted for a long time and it's a depletion and it's your body begging you to give it more calories. Yeah. That needs to be addressed. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I just did that then. I'm having to get all the slate, the slate for calling you guys. Yeah, guys. Lads. <laughs> there we go. Lads. Lads. Um, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, and obviously. I had to get the opportunity because you're annoying yeah. Ireland. I was like, we're going to do this now yeah. type thing. Um, have you got any questions for us at all? I know he's asked me a couple, but have you got anything else? What are your biggest regrets? In yeah, let's turn it back on you. Oh, my biggest regret? Just in Jiu-Jitsu? You can do the two. Do life yeah. and Jiu-Jitsu. Oh. Biggest failure first and then Jiu-Jitsu regret. My biggest failure. Sorry. Not uh, not growing up quick enough. So I did more see my A-levels and uh, degree at a later age in life. Yeah. And still went through like 18, 19, kind of been a bit rebellious. I think where, again, my upbringing was not upper class. But I would say it's like uh, middle class, if that makes sense. So I went to mm -hmm. private school, that type of thing. And basically just pushed back on everything. Mm. I do what I want, went to more boys school, went to... Sixth form, and I think my biggest regret was the amount of support that was around me, just not utilizing it. But okay. it took me until my late 20s to realize that actually I had a lot of opportunity, and the, the grudge I held against these teachers and stuff like that like, oh, you're not helping me, you're just trying to be a dick, and all this type of stuff. I look at them, they just want to be nice, and they're just doing their job, and they're trying their best, type of thing. Yeah. So even though that motivates me to this day, they kind of still say, like, fuck you, I'm going to prove you're wrong, type thing. Um, I think if I utilize that much further now, I'd be not just half a decade into my nutrition career would be a decade or a bit more yeah, yeah so yeah but just to, to come play devil's advocate on that the life experience you're bringing to your clients yeah. is very valuable and if you haven't been through your own shit mm. you're you know you're you're then you're that 20 year old newly qualified nutritionist that's telling a mother a treat to eat seven small meals a day yeah 
freshly cooked, you know, like it's... Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily get the life experience of that yeah. and try and understand things from a realistic perspective, which comes back to our PT comment that some people are like, oh, I just going to treat everyone like a bodybuilder, you're a moron. Yeah. Um, it's the case of you've got to read the person that you're dealing with yeah. and understand how and to do that. And you wouldn't be able to do that if you were 22. No. Well, um, maybe, maybe not. Some people are ahead of their time, but... Depends on how well you deal with that process in your type thing. Yes. Because yeah, in the yeah. day, imposter syndrome, majority of the time comes from your own head, right? Yeah. There's... Some people out there in the, in the, in the uh, SSC nutrition world who have no qualifications at all and are still at the, uh, ahead of everything at the moment. It's yeah. a certain personal chat off there. Um, but yeah, it's one of these things that if they can do it, then why can't anyone else do yeah. And yeah. so, Go um, on, you. Jamie. Oh, shit. Um, fucking hell. Biggest regret. I think for me, I got stuck in the mindset of I need to be at a certain level to compete so I waited pretty much all the way to the end of my white belt um, at the time Pedro wasn't doing stripes but I'd been a white belt coming to class like on and off for two three years I like I lost a job moved away came back kind of thing and um, I think had I competed more of the time, I'd be better as a blue belt now. Because when I went entered the competition, I was entered as white belt. Pez gave me a blue belt in December. Had the competition in February before COVID. And I was like, oh no, I need to change my belt. So I went in as a fresh blue belt against someone who was a very competitive blue belt. I've yeah. been on like submission underground and stuff like that. And I was like, oh no, I'm in danger. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I, I basically got, that's the first other comp I, I lost. Um, but I think touching on the note of, um, you know, a failure that you cherish, it really was losing that first comp. Because to me, I beat it up. I was really worried about hitting weight and I didn't think about my game, didn't mm. think about what I was going to do. I knew I had a pretty decent bow and arrow choke, but the guy got me in jump guard, and I was like, oh shit, I've never been caught in jump guard before. What the fuck do I do? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I panicked. I was like, I'll just grab this lapel. That was clever. So I was like, that. Like, <laughs> like, panicking, like, what do I do? What do I do? You know, like, like, you know, you see like little dogs and they shake when they see two people. Like, I was like, oh. I was like <laughs> uh, hyperventilating. But I just didn't know what to do. Um, so yeah, I think, because obviously Ricky said this, and and Mark and other people as well, I think if you want to compete, do it earlier. Go in at like six months, six mm. months of just you go straight into a comp. I know it sounds dumb and it's scary and you, you panic and you, some people, you know, have like anxiety attacks and things like that, but just do it. Because yeah. honestly, stepping onto a competition mat and hearing those people and having a coach shout at you and stuff, is completely different from sparring. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's next yeah. level. So I think, yeah, that's my biggest regret is just not competing enough in the lower belt, so. I'll just bounce off that for the controversial one, is I have a really hard time with gyms who only promotes uh, the competitors that won medals, because you're completely denying mm. the ones that actually took that courage to go into a competition. Even if they lost the first round, it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. There's like 70% of the population who don't even dare to go into a competition. Mm. I just hate that. Like, you have a group of 10 people who go compete, only two are going to be Posted on Instagram Promoted, and yeah. celebrated like that's I just interesting. because fifty percent of competitors are going to lose the first match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. But be be part of that percentage. Yeah, go with it. Even if you lose, like you know, it's like Ricky said. Oh no, you know, you beat me in the Devon Open four years ago, and I'm mm. a black belt winning masters. Who gives a fuck? Exactly. Who Nobody. Cares? And even if you won double gold 
by Wednesday, everyone will have forgotten. They'll know you won a medal. Oh, this is the thing. medals everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just wearing them. in the subway. Yeah. What's that? Don't worry. That's the thing, <laughs> that, you know, when you say that jujitsu is predominantly a hobbyist sport yeah. for mm. most people, and like you, can't you know, you'll go with the feet of a champion. But it's true though. Like you'll go compete on a Saturday. You'll finish your week job of doing your day job full time, and then you'll go and compete. You'll win double gold, and Monday your mate at the water cooler is like, "Oh, how's it going, man? How's the weekend?" You're like, "Yeah, yeah, I won double gold." Like, oh, cool. And they fuck off. You're like, oh. "Yeah, huge." Okay. Yeah. Well, you got silver, and you're getting that, that image being printed out, or you've been like smashed in, like I don't know, something like this. <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, it was a good weekend, you." Yeah. <laughs> or like, you walk out with like, a black eye, or you get like cauliflower ear, and it's like, "Oh, you fucking look at you, like you think yeah. you're wild." It's like, "Oh, no, no I just got a big friendly yeah. yeah. like, so It comes to a good point that I. I have my the, all the belts I won in kickboxing. You know, they give out a belt, and when I first started fighting, all I wanted was a belt. And then I was like, oh, it'd be great to have two belts because I can have one on each shoulder. And then I have like seven belts at home, and they're literally stuffed in behind where our swimming gear goes. And but now, as I'm not competing, I really appreciate winning all them. I really appreciate all those um, experiences, and I wish at the time I was able to be more present in that success where instead of just being like what's next what's next what's next yeah. you know um, mm. and then even sometimes like i'd win a fight and this is a thing we all do i think it'd be like uh you know that that girl wasn't great you know i you know wishing that or trying to belittle your own success but again like i said to you about your default bonds you can only fight who's in front of you and if you win mm. great you know cool. okay. all right guys thank you so much <laughs> really appreciate it um good you you. thank so you much. uh enjoy obviously and you later yeah. uh and then yeah obviously i think we're gonna have to come over to you at some point yeah, right? i think it's, it, no, this conversation could have carried on for hours <laughs> yeah. i think yeah. and if it yeah. went obviously we can go to we can go yeah. visit scramble jungle in, in the yes yes yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.